Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 208 of Hotline League. Mark and I, when we set out a long time ago to do this show, we always thought maybe we'd make it to 207 episodes. We never knew we'd make it to 208. And that's what's very special about this. I don't think either of us 209, we're going to crash and burn. Yeah, exactly. Either way. Get in while you can get it. Uh, shout out to Alienware and Grubhub for sponsoring this episode of Hotline League. Mark, how's your week been? Uh, it's okay. I finally went, finished the woman in the, the the girl in the window across the street from the woman in the house or whatever it's called on Netflix. It's really good. The ending was exactly what it should have been. Um, so Is it spooky at all. It makes fun of scary stuff. Nothing is actually scary. There's no oh. moment that will scare you. Are it's there just jump all scares? Not even jump scares, really. Okay. Like because they telegraph them really hard to, to make fun of the fact that it's a jump scare. You know. Gotcha. Okay. I uh, would I would highly recommend it to anyone. Well, it's just good TV no matter what. But especially if you're like a horror fan of, or like a you know like the the lone woman's who like no one believes in and then you know is ultimately right in the end. Like it's just that thing. But like completely stupid and funny well, and great the writing's actually really good good to know all right uh we have on this episode of hotline league my rift reaction co-host and newly minted genshin impact player emily rand how's it going emily good yeah i just started playing genshin impact it's fun like i said to you earlier and like i said to mark we were both waiting for our COVID tests the other day. Uh, there's so much discourse about whether it's a good or bad game because of the gotcha. I had actually no idea what the gameplay was like. As it turns out, it's a game style that I really like, so I'm enjoying playing it. Well, I what AR are you? Do you know what AR you are? Adventure rank? Uh, I'm 15. I just passed 16, I think. So I'm not very far. No, I mean, that's still pretty good considering you just started playing it. So, well, maybe we'll have you on Resin Refresh in the future. I think that that would be really cool. Uh, Anyway, let's talk about other stuff. Uh, I had a pretty good week. I was actually out of town uh, for, I was in Palm Springs for the weekend, taking a little break uh, for the holiday. But I did catch the games, and I really enjoyed... TSM Golden Guardians. I thought that was fantastic. Uh, and Emily, do you want to spoil your your Rift reaction? R- oh reaction yeah. Rant. So it's not even a rant. It's like my hot take is, despite all of the like misexecution that you can easily point out. Like I was doing, I tweeted the jungle pathing spreadsheets I was doing for the first like uh, kind of clears for both junglers. Um, cause there's, you know, the really disastrous level one golden guardian shouldn't have fought it. And then there's another really disastrous, like, uh, you know, not even turret dive. It's just, they like push really far up with Huni and, you know, speak is not there yet. So they end up giving back two kills and like pride stalker suddenly back in the game after, you know, he had been kind of slammed by speaker early. Despite that, um, I thought you could actually tell that. Golden Guardians had learned from the first time they went against the Smite top, and they had adapted by rotating their AD carry topside, which um, the timing was slightly off, but like I really liked that adaptation. And I thought 
the entire game was actually really interesting. Um, but yeah, like uh, I, apparently that's a really hot take because I saw people saying that it's like the worst game they've ever seen or, or all this other stuff. So um, I'm not going to like defend the mistakes, but I thought there was a lot of really interesting like strategic response and thought. Uh, and that was really cool. It was really cool to see like when you have a bunch of teams trying different stuff out, that's what you want to see in response teams thinking about how they can go up against a strategy and beat it. Mark, do you, hmm? do you buy that or was it just the worst game ever? It was the worst game my eyes have ever had the misfortune <laughs> of seeing. How do you get that level one advantage, then throw it, and then how does Golden Guardians, after getting so far ahead from TSM's throw, throw it right back? It was a disaster. <laughs> Absolute disaster. Is that your full full take? I'm curious how facetious. I also thought the back door was terrible. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was that was rough. I don't know. <laughs> you want me to? Keep- well, did you, okay. Do you do you was there were there any redeeming moments or or is Emily being when the Nexus exploded? That was the best part. Okay, good, to, good to know. <laughs> uh, no, but I thought there were a lot of really, the second weekend. I think of just kind of some interesting games. I mean, uh, I think Saturday had a bunch of upsets, or not maybe upsets, but just like kind of surprises. Uh, where like I definitely did not expect Immortals to take down Hundred Thieves, though. Clearly, 100 Thieves has some sort of issue with bottom tier teams. Uh, and I, I, the Dig and EG game on that day was back and forth. I don't know. I, I, thought, it was, I thought it was a pretty good weekend. Uh, I enjoyed it. I was um, unfortunately not able to cover it the way I wanted to, but we're going to talk about it today on the show. Also, uh, things that folks can call in on. I think this is actually really big news. I'm sure Mark and Emily will have nothing to say about it. So please, please, please call me on the show and give me a conversation about it so that I have somebody to talk to about this with. Uh, the LCS has a new commissioner. Jackie Felling joins from, I believe she was on, Co- I know she was on Call of Duty and then I think the other one was Gears of War. I, I saw it say in something. I forget if it was the article. Gears of War, or Overwatch or League, and uh, Call of Duty League. COD, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'd, I'd actually love to hear, and she was in that Reddit thread actually answering a bunch of I pulled you one for that, you loser. Thank Uh, God. It's one thing I have to complain about is that her profile picture is not her on Twitter. And like, I don't know if I've met her because I'm really bad with names to faces until like, or I'm very bad with names without faces. Like I remember faces very well, but like if I, I, I just the name, I don't know if I, I know who this person is. Okay. <laughs> the new commissioner of the league that I work on is like, have I met you? <laughs> well, I think she left Blizzard not too long ago. Um, Cause I was looking at her Twitter and she tweeted February 4th that she was leaving Blizzard. So I think she literally just had like a week off or something. So I, I don't know if you would have met her by now, but I, I'd be surprised. Okay. I saw it follows me and I was like, oh God. Yeah, I saw that too. I <laughs> went to go mean? follow her and then she already followed me. I was like, when did she follow me? I'm curious. Maybe when she was applying for the job. And she's like, I need to learn everything there is to know about LCS. So I'll follow Mark Z and Travis Gafford. Emily, do you know if she follows you? Yeah, she followed me actually as we were talking about it during Rift Reaction. Oh, really? Today. Okay, so she's she's out there 
following the right people already. Uh, <laughs> although I will say that she, she follows 1,700 people, which I think is too many people. Uh, she needs to go through and purge out some of those other people. Um, that's my suggestion to her. Anyway, I think there's a lot to talk about there because, so technically speaking, I guess she was not the head of these products because uh, she tweeted something about how she directly worked on product creative parts of those leagues, so not the head of it. So she's really proud of the stuff that she did, like the look and feel, amateur lands, partnerships, uh, microtransactions, uh, community meme, endgame items, etc. So <laughs> I don't think that if people are frustrated with necessarily like the format of those leagues, it doesn't sound like that's what she was involved with though. I don't know. I'm, I'm very interested to see what she can do. I'm, I'm yeah. There was, um, there was a, in the Reddit thread, someone was like, Oh no, coming from these failed leagues kind of thing. And yeah. then someone linked a tweet that she had made about it I just and tweeted, said like, read what that I just read that the tweet oh. said, I directly worked on product creative parts of those leagues. I'm proud of the work that I did there, such as the look, feel, amateur lands, partnerships, microtransactions, et cetera. Yeah, less about format and all that stuff. So yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Anyways, that's anyways. Right. Are can anyways. you hear me? Is is this coming anyways. through? Anyways, anyways. <laughs> Somebody says I'm after doing the audio check at the beginning. People said that I'm quiet. So let's. I'm gonna turn you guys down. Anyways, when can I start pulling callers? Okay. Um, do you want to, what else, is there anything else that's major from this week that we should talk about? I like, I like to, to outline. Yeah, Miko came out. Yeah, yeah Miko. LPL yes, was, was back. Moments ago. Woo, I know we are this never going to get an LCS show. caller, but. Yep, Emily Rand. I don't know, maybe somebody <laughs> can give you a, a LPL call or something. I think that's most of it. Obviously, we had the crazy games this weekend. I'm sure a lot of people will want to talk about CLG and TSM Tide 04. I thought that they played next weekend, Mark. And then Emily corrected me while we were recording Rift Reaction. Kobe, Kobe lied to over 100,000 people at once. Oh, really? <laughs> and Yeah, he said that it was next week. And, like, literally everyone just believed. I believed him. Everyone just believed him. So then, like, everyone started talking about, like, next week, El Asico, as they're calling it. Uh, and then wait, that's and, awesome it's a really funny name and then uh then everyone had to be like wait a minute kobe was wrong and so it, it's been a slow correction of misinformation for the last couple days i think yeah. it's because if i remember correctly uh it's the academy teams play each other and Something how like it that. shows up on the kobe knew that well this is why i'm going to bring it up if you use the lol esports websites which oh, I don't. Oh, it's just the logos. But yeah, it just has the logos. So if Kobe was just looking and his region is NA, but he has an unchecked academy, I believe what he probably saw was that TSM and CLG were playing. I'm yeah. pretty sure they play each That's other. That's probably what happened to me too. It's annoying because I'm always unchecking academy. You know, it's just sort of my take on covering League of Legends is just uncheck academy. <laughs> and, uh, and then... It always pops back up. Oh, yeah. I have to stop using the all esports schedule. Please tweet at me your suggestions on uh, where you guys use schedules. Because uh, you know what, uh, LCS Commissioner. Actually, this is probably more of a global thing, but whatever. The the LOL esports website, even though they've stripped almost everything out of this thing, it continues to disappoint me. And uh, the schedule is one of those examples. It's very frustrating. I don't know why anyone. To be honest, I I don't go on there. 
this is my full-time job and i don't go on there i'm surprised people do to be honest like leaguepedia is better for yeah. any like generic information that you could want yeah i only look at schedules on leaguepedia literally google it i should just use the google one okay well yeah if you just type in lcs on google it'll usually be better as well that's what i do sometimes when i'm doing predictions instead of leaguepedia okay no that's actually pretty good okay maybe this is what i'll use i'll just use the google one okay, oh my over? god you're Emily's couch is so loud. I know, loud my couch it... sucks. It's so loud. Is it still wrapped in the plastic it got delivered in? <laughs> yeah. Is that no. what? Does it have a sheet on it? <laughs> it's just not expensive. If at any point in time you guys hear something <laughs> that sounds your, like a, I don't know, a Your suitcase. couch is legitimately an ASMR yeah, podcast it's by like itself just by you like moving. Squishy. Yeah, I'll try to move as little as possible, but as you know... <laughs> A very twitchy person, so I'll just oh my mute my mic whenever I am yeah, moving. I mean, you just need to get a different a different microphone. I think would have probably been okay. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> listen, we want to take your calls about the current LCS stuff, everything from this weekend to the standings, the new commissioner, uh, and how Riot should center on the show as soon as possible to answer your questions. We want to hear that. Uh, all that stuff. Just just go ahead and do that. Mark, you want to explain how the show works? Yeah, so if you've never seen the show before, it is a live call-in show, which means that you can get on the show. I need to find the Discord link. Invite people. Copy. All right, there we go. In Twitch chat right now, I'm spamming the Discord link. Go ahead and click it somehow. Uh, when you get in there, go join the Pleb Calls or Pleb Calls 2 voice channels. Then in the topics up above, the text channels, Pleb Topics and Subtopics, that's where you're going to put your take. Uh, if you if I like it, I'll pull you from the Pleb Calls voice channel into the waiting room. We'll hang out until it's your turn to go on. We'll do a quick mic check, and then we'll go. I just noticed your explanation is a scam because you've already have seven people sitting in the waiting room. <laughs> well, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna do the spiel this time, but then you asked me to spiel, and I didn't want to get into. I still have the energy for a fight, so okay, I well, did what you asked me to do. So and this my is suggestion, you if you ever want to get your future. call in on the show earlier. Mark is sometimes a little excited. He likes to pull quickly so that he doesn't have to worry about it later. So maybe whenever the show starts, put your take in. Uh, anyway, Mark, you want to go grab our first caller? Yeah. Are we forgetting anything? I feel like I'm forgetting something. Normally, normally there's something else that we talk about. I don't know. How are you, Emily? I'm good. Who's your I favorite am. Genshin character so far? Uh, so I did use, cause I was never going to roll for Yamiko. Um, I was like, well, the Chongli banner is there and I know he's a really good character. And so, but I didn't get him cause I only had like one pack of 10 wishes or whatever. I've only been playing for a week. Uh, but what I did get is, uh, Heiduel and she is very cool. So She's she's my favorite character actually in terms of uh, both gameplay and um, like attitude and stuff. She's the shit. I mean, she yeah. seems hilarious. She's constantly drinking, which you know I appreciate. I appreciate yeah. that. I appreciate that energy. Beto, we have is, a caller. Uh, by Beto's the way. great. Oh, we have to talk about League of Okay, Zimelkai, <laughs> welcome to the show. Where are you calling from? Hello, uh, I am calling from uh, Oxford, United Kingdom. Great to um, have you back on the show. Thank you very much. Uh, what remind everybody what time it is there? 
It is 3.23 a.m. We're knocking this one out which, quick. I was going to say, usually I don't get on here till like 5. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Whenever Mark Mark's doing you a solid. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Okay. Well, so uh, there's uh, three-ish parts to my take, uh, but I'll take them bit by bit. So the first part... Uh, Emily Rand is a great analyst, and I think she should be nicer to herself. I listen to her reaction <laughs> every week, and, like, I'm thinking back to, I think it was either last week's or the week before, and, like, Emily was talking about herself as an analyst, and she was like, uh, I'm, like, she was like, I'm a shit analyst, but I'm improving, and, like, I don't think that judging me by the quality of, like, the predictions that I make is, like, the thing that yeah. you should call me shit for, call me shit for other things. And I'm like, you shouldn't be calling her shit, because you're a good analyst. <laughs> things that I like about Emily Rand's analysis. Number one, I think that you're very good at explaining, co like, complex concepts in a way that, like, makes it easier to understand for, like, people who aren't as deep into stuff and i think that's massively undervalued and then like the other thing that i think is you're interested in players and like you help push like narratives like that and like also just when you like get into stuff and like it's clear like when you really care about stuff like your emotional investment in that shows through also, this isn't technically a league point and is kind of the second half of the take. Your interests are interesting and you're good at explaining them. I learned a bunch about flower language that I had never known by reading <laughs> one of your blog posts about it that taught me a bunch about an anime that I had already watched. I liked your tweets about figure skating, a thing that I have no interest in because they were engaging and they explained the concepts to me in ways that I could understand them. You are a good analyst and I think you should be nicer to yourself. I feel like this is a setup. Is that the Thank full you take? Gosh, that is very kind of you to say. I assume that's the. It's not. That's your three parts, right? <laughs> My third part is I wanted oh. to ask Emily for her opinion on uh, RNG versus V five. She said she wanted LPL calls. Oh God! Yeah, that was that was something. I think V five. So like, um, Munchables is very excited for that match. I, I like, V5 is a team for me right now that is really dependent on whether Karsa is communicating with his siblings well. And the past two matches <laughs> have been a little dicey from him. It seems like he's setting up for dives and, like, the rest of the team isn't coordinating with him. He's just, like, out there, and they're just kind of like, good luck, dude. You're on your own. Uh... So yeah, that is that is actually what I'm looking at the most with that team right now. I forget what what was the exact match that Kelsey and I watched with them the other day. It was like really apparent in that match where we were just kind of like, Carsa, are you okay? Because he is like he had one game where he was like really on point. Uh, it actually might not have been that match. It might have been another one. But, uh, like, he has these games where he's, like, really, really communicating super, super well with his lanes, right? Um, and then he has these one-offs where he, he's not. And he's always the type of jungler that's going to do better when he has strong lane communication. Because he... Um, it's weird. People used to think of him as, like, a hard carry jungler. But I think especially... You could see it especially in the 
top esports fanatic series actually from two years ago where once they switched him onto Lee Sin and he was affecting his lanes early, the entire team just looked so much better uh, because I think that's actually a much better and stronger style for him. It was yeah. V5 and OMG, that's it. He like creamed Aki in one of the games and then Aki had some very bizarre choices in some of the other ones. Also, that was the only other match. Sorry, I'm going off the deep end, but it's really important because... I'm sure Smite, uh, Smite Sports Top is going to come up. And OMG ran basically like what Kelsey was calling like budget River Shen, where they were sending Shen to the bot lane instead of Top, and then they killed PP God like three times. Uh, yeah, it was very that, entertaining. It, I like if that. All right. Minutes, All right. Anyway. That's enough of this league that we don't care about. <laughs> I, you so, guys had your fun. Y'all had your fun. Yeah, I, Here, I here's just, what I, I will say. Reiterate the first points. I disagree with the caller on one thing, which is uh, the most annoying thing about Emily. She's she always talking about how great she is. I I do the show with her, and then for a long time afterwards, before Mark and I started doing Resin Refresh that day after we record, I drove her home. And every time I drove her home, I'd have to hear her talk herself down about something, uh, especially because. <laughs> It was when she, uh, we started doing the show uh, shortly after she started doing the, the broadcast, and there'd always be like, "Yeah, I suck at this. I suck at this. I suck at this." And I'm just always like, "Can we, can we talk about something other than how you suck <laughs> uh, at stuff, Emily?" Uh, Anyways, I just pulled this because I thought it would be uh, embarrassing for her, and I saw her put her hands on her head at one point with the hype. So there we go. Mission accomplished. Thanks, on to- Mark. On to the LCS. Zamelka, thank you so much for the call. Is there thank anything? Thank you so much, seriously. That was you, very kind. Is there anything you want to shout out before we go on to our next caller? Uh, I mean, shout out to Alienware and Grubhub, as always. Uh, and uh, shout out to uh, G4's Invitation to Party. It's a really cool D&D show. They're like just about to wrap up their first season. Uh, I just really enjoyed the story. Uh, G4's pretty cool. They've got Ovalie May on it. You might have heard of her. Who's who's um, on Invitation to Party? Uh, it's... Um, oh, there's like a pretty them. wide cast because they have a bunch of guests on like different weeks. So I don't want to forget someone. Uh, but the, like, the reason that I started watching is because um, Frost from League uh, is on there. Nice. Um, but yeah, G4's cool. cool. Well, anyway, thank, thank you for the call. And... Thank you. We will uh, catch you next time. But thanks, thanks again. Uh, it was fun having you call in to embarrass Emily. No worries. I just wanted to know how great she is. Thank you. All right. Uh, speaking of how great people are, we've got some subs. Thank you to Racerin for the six months. Drive by Panda, Kanoke, uh, Zerthon, Snailchip gave gave a sub. Uh, Drive by Panda gifted to Mia Khalifa. I'm sure she'll appreciate that. I'm sure she's a huge hotline caller. <laughs> Inebriate Zeus, Crouton, and Zarth Pie. Thank you. We'll get to some more subs in a second. But for now, Basil is here. Basil, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Matascadero, California. From Matascadero? Is that what it's called? Matascadero. Uh, okay. You're cutting... You're cutting a little in and out right when you go to say the name, which is very funny, but it's fine. We can move on. What is your take tonight? 
my take is that CLG is currently the better team to TSM, and TSM is going to fail to make playoffs in both spring and summer. Okay, okay. I thought you were going to say fail to make it in spring, and I'm like, that's kind of... I don't even know if that's a bold prediction at this point in time, because... I... Uh, what's, what's that, Mark? I was going to say, between predicting CLG better and the summer part, though, I feel like this is a no, 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 spicy no, exactly. and... Exactly. It's funny. Emily and I were just talking about this today, too. Uh, okay, so I assume that I guess by that that you also mean Basil that TSM is the worst team in the league. Yes, or do you I think do. there's somebody worse? Oh, well, actually, maybe Immortals is worse. Okay, I think it's definitely between the two of them. Well, gotcha. they beat Hundred Thieves, so they can't be worse. <laughs> the end. Um, mm. Basil, do you want to explain why it is that you are so down on TSM? Yeah, I think that this is just another kind of failed experiment where they just grabbed a bunch of players that weren't really good enough for the LPL and just hoped that they would be able to smurf in NA, and it just wasn't the case. And with the language barrier, and there's kind of a history of when you bring players over specifically for hands, they slowly kind of lose the hands playing North American solo queue. I don't think that it's going to work out in the long term. Okay, so you think uh, the players are not good, certainly not good enough to smurf in the LCS, but that the reason they were brought over were just sort of based off of their sheer mechanics, and those will fade as they are in the in the this world. Why do you think CLG is better? I think at least CLG has some strength to their team. I think their bot lane is very strong. Con is a little coin flip, but Pelifox has actually been pretty stable in mid. So if they can maybe just probably try to import a top laner at some point, I think they could actually be a super solid team and maybe potentially try to challenge for like the top five. Whereas I think TSM is there. There are just too many fires to put out, and they'd kind of have to change both of their imports. And in order to do that mid season, it might kind of just off their entire entire game specifically because they did kind of go for the uh more mandarin team and they've been like they got the mandarin coach they got two players specifically to kind of speak that language and it just doesn't seem like it's going to be as easy to fix so i'm going to once again i'm going to make a prediction really quickly before mark and emily say anything which is i think that they're going to have the uh, have an inverted opinion on your take which is like clg has too many fires to fix and they're the the issue whereas like they're the signs of life that you're seeing in clg i i think they're going to see those signs of life in tsm but let's find out mark go ahead and and let us know um emily first off is that is that prediction of travis accurate to your opinion at all, at all? i think they have so i don't know if you like want me to go first because travis and i are no, really I was... talking about this I was just going to ask quickly if, Tra if if you agreed with what Travis's prediction was. Because if you've already talked about it, then Travis is cheating and knows your answer, but he doesn't know mine. So I'm, I'm going to go <laughs> you first. You go, because I'm, yeah, I'm curious to hear your answer. No, I don't fucking agree with Travis's prediction at all, dude. Listen, the things I would agree with with this take, that CLG is maybe better right now. Maybe. Um, I don't think TSM will make playoffs this split. They will make it in summer. It's top eight in summer. They'll make it. That might mean there's a roster change in summer. I didn't say they're not there's this, this, this exact five players, but yeah, they'll they'll make it by summer. Um, 
that's why I was asking is like who wants to get the TSM hate threat against them first? Um so the thing about this roster that's become really confusing to me is like initially they were predicted to be, you know, a top five, top six roster, and no one thought that that was too high. And as soon as they start zero four and people are like, wow, they're kind of underperforming expectations, all I get in my responses are Wow, I can't believe you had them that highly rated, dude. This was clearly a development roster. It's clearly a development roster with the reigning MVP and people who have made worlds multiple times in a row. This is definitely, you know, or not in a row, but like have made multiple times in their career. It's definitely just a purely development roster, just like CLG, which has five players who played in Academy last split. Definitely the same thing. Like, I don't know where this copium is coming from, from their fan base, but like, bro, this, this was not expected to be an eighth place roster by fucking anybody. Um, so on that point, it's absolutely a disappointment, the start of this split for them. Reigning MVP, Huni, who has made world finals and is like good. And then Tactical, who, you know, has, has his ups and downs, but like, he's, he's a fine player. They shouldn't be last place. They should, they should have won. All right. It's fine to be disappointed. It's, it's fine that they're underperforming. I, I hope they do better. I want them to improve and I expect them to improve, but like no one said Bottom two for this team coming into into the year. And here we are. And people are acting like this was expected. I'm like, what? Where did this disconnect happen? I mean, but to, to go back to my my sense, do you feel like TSM, are you seeing this? Okay. Because this was originally a comparison between CLG and TSM. Which mm -hmm. one do you think has more fires going on in it right now? I think it will. The term fires is a little inappropriate for the situation, I'll say. because. I think TSM has more fires, but based off the three names I just listed, this team should be better than CLG. Like between Spica, Huni, and Tactical, I would think that this team should be better than CLG. So in that sense, there's more fires for TSM to put out, but I also think they have a way higher ceiling. You know? I was one of the few people... I was, I was coping like uh, CLG really hard, being like, maybe they'll break into top, top six, top five. I, I, like, that's my dark horse pick to break into the top half of the league. You know, whereas like for, for TSM, it wasn't even like that unlikely that they were a top half of the league team. People were expecting them to be top five. So that, that's why I think um, TSM definitely has a higher ceiling. They have more fires to put out in the sense that there's maybe more going wrong. But um, I, I think that they should be better than CLG. They're just not right now. Do you, do you think CLG makes playoffs in summer? Because if you're willing uh, to predict TSM making it, I'm curious if you're willing to say CLG won't. Again, I don't know. It depends about roster. Like the the thing that, about predicting like rosters between spring and summer is like yeah, there's always that chance that something changes out. Um, I would say if nothing changes, I wouldn't expect CLG to to make uh, playoffs in summer. I mean, what is there's I somebody I guess the mic spiked again. I don't know what's going on. Uh, was it my my cup of coffee? Before. I was I was messing with the lid. I didn't hear anything. Was it so that? I don't know. Um, sorry, sorry, Twitch chat. I don't know what's causing that. Uh, some sort of feedback we had on the other show before. Uh, please let me know on YouTube or, you know, tweet at me if you hear it in the VOD or in, um, the VOD on YouTube or in the, the podcast. Cause I need to figure out if these are things I need to go find and fix. Um, that it's the old static feedback that the show had in the past. That's so weird. Cause I changed out the audio adapter and then it didn't do that anymore. Anyway, sorry folks. Do you remember you, you changed your discord setting once because you were sounding weird to me, and maybe that's made it weird to the audience now. Mm, I don't think so, because I changed it to the old setup. Whatever, we can figure it out later. 
Whatever. Back to the TSM CLG stuff. Okay. So, uh, I guess, Emily. So, Mark, you think CLG is better than TSM right now? Mm-hmm. Emily, do you Yo. think CLG is better than TSM right now? I think they're, like, it's really obnoxious because I see some really interesting and creative runs of play from TSM, and then they just, like, run it down the next moment. So if there was, like, a positive to that, it's that TSM generally, um, if one person is going in, they'll, like, follow up. There were a few times that, like, uh, specifically when Shen Yi was, like, ahead of the play this week, um, if he is on those engaged supports, that reminded me a lot of when Sword Art was on the team last year, and people would, like, highlight these plays where it'd be like, look, Sword Art is here, and the rest of the team is here, and we have no idea what they're doing. Um, but they have, like, a few really interesting runs of play that make it particularly frustrating for them to watch, or for, or for me to watch them, rather. Because it's like, okay, if you can do this, then why are you suddenly, like, you know, pushing on bot lane when you saw where Pride Stalker is and you know that he can wrap around and kill you and, like, literally this is his only way back into this game because Spika just dunked on him, three-camped him, you double-scuttled, and he's a Zed. Like, uh, it's stuff like that that's, like, really confusing to me about this TSM team. Because, like, if you can get it together for, like, one play, then why then are you making this mistake the next minute? With CLG, I think it's a lot more standard problems, if that makes sense. Like, Mark already highlighted some of them. Um, I agree with the caller that their bot lane is really strong. I think, I think the reason why I am much more interested in TSM right now is because at least they don't seem directionless, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like TSM make a lot of calls and a lot of them are wrong, but <laughs> they make them, if that makes sense. Whereas CLG sometimes just don't make a decision or they, they like waffle on a decision and it costs them. That's the difference between these two teams. So, so it sounds to me like you think TSM is the better of the two. Ugh. Gun, gun to the head. Yeah, it's tough to say. But I'd say yeah, and I think it's just because I can pinpoint the moments in TSM games where I'm like, you do this differently and you, you win, you know? It's really hard, though. And you can't do that yeah. in CLG games. You're like, well, there's nothing here where you, if you do it differently, you win. Um, Not like as precisely. Gotcha, yeah, yeah. I feel like both teams are at least proactive, um, and it's usually like they're their own worst enemy, in a sense. Yes. Um, where it feels like you watch their plays, and they're the ones kind of inting it, rather than like, oh my god, they just like can't make anything happen, and they're getting like hard dumpstered in lanes. Um, I'd say like contracts is having a really bad split. Um, and he, he's like the biggest issue between the, like 
uh, if you're going to pinpoint like the weakest part of, of this whole situation, it, it'd probably be contracts. But I also feel like um, TSM has just looked more disjointed at, as a five-man unit at times. Both have looked pretty disjointed, but like the play that Emily talked about, the play where they tried to dive a full HP Orn under turret at like yeah. level four without knowing where the enemy jungler was, was just like, what are you guys thinking? And then like Shen, like Kaido dropped his alt to get pre-chunk before a, a Rift Herald fight and Shen Yi thought that was like the opportunity to go. Yeah. And it's like, there's there's coordination issues between the players that don't have communication issues, which just shows that they see the game differently or poorly, not that they can't communicate the ideas. When your two LDL prospects are miscoordinating on a play, and when your two players who were on the team last year are miscoordinating on a play, you cannot blame communication errors. Um, and so that's why, for me, it's a little scarier for TSM, because people are like, oh, well, communication errors. And I'm like, no, well, fundamentally not seeing the game the same way errors, <laughs> you know? Um, the other thing I want to respond to is people saying like, well, TSM was starting their academy roster, but were they not scrimming during lock-in tournament? Am I, am I, I don't am think I they were. I don't think they were because Spica, I think, couldn't travel, Is I, I think is what I want to say. And so he was yeah. not with them. And then the other players were not here. They might have shown up like the week before the start, but I interviewed um, somebody, maybe it was Spica, uh, in like the first week of LCS, and that sounded like they'd only started practicing recently. Okay, well, that is a hopeful ray of light, I guess, that there's there's not too much practice time with them. Um, that's good. The one bit of warning I'd give against is like some teams were also in the same situation and they look better. Uh, is like this team can improve and they should improve and they better improve. But like C9 couldn't scrim either, and Fudge is a roll swap mid, and Berserker and uh, Winsome are also from development things. And so you know it's like if you compare mid jungle being the the only two people with experience on the pro level in their roles, then like TSM and C9 actually aren't that different in terms of experience. Um, and, you know, it's like C9 also couldn't scrim during lock-in. They had their Koreans in Korea. So like a lot of teams had troubles this the, at the start of this split. So like I don't want to hand wave TSM's current position away, but I also think it is worth noting that they're going to improve if they haven't been able to, like they're on their first three weeks of scrims or something. Well, Mark, I I'm curious, especially because you used to coach like, is there a point in time where their record gets so bad that the mental boom factor is just you know, it's it's hard to imagine a team going on like a seven game losing streak and then being like and then they went on a five game win streak like I don't know if we've ever had and obviously maybe they don't need to go on a five game win streak but I just wonder if it, it starts to get to a point where it's like is this recoverable uh it's hard without doing something to shake things up you kind of often just something like a coach gets fired. like these things happen i'm not saying that this is what tsm should do but i'm saying like these are the things that make it happen we benched we, we were on a really bad loss streak we benched zekent and we brought in bunny fufu and our season turned around um we were on a really bad string in spring well we started great when we had keith then piglet came in and we had no coordination and things were really bad behind the scenes and we brought keith back and we bench Piglet, and that kind of was a jump start for us. And like, it's very hard to just flip your season's momentum with literally no changes. Um, so that that is, I'm not saying they should do this, but I'm saying if if you do start zero seven, like your question, like they're really inting it, it it's hard to recover from there. Uh, Rip and Pepper Peppery 
Says TSM Legends made it a big point of saying that they expect things going to shit for a while. Chawi's first meeting had him saying we're fucked. I mean, I think that stuff is great. And like the, the problem is I am familiar with a lot of development teams where they're like, you know what? It's okay if we lose a lot in the beginning. And then it never is okay when you're losing a lot in the beginning. Like I've never heard of a situation where like, yeah, we're losing a lot, but we're all in high spirits and we're going to turn it around and everyone's as dedicated. Like, Normally, it's just that stuff weighs so much on a team. Well, and they're not like Golden Guardians last year, where it's two collegiate players, sticks a, and a Blaze Olive. You know, the, like in newbie. You know, like that's what the spring lineup was. Like that was a de- that's a development development roster with a capital D. TSM has the reigning MVP and Huni and tactical. Yeah. It's not that much of a development roster other than the, the like those two players. And if they're if they're unable to, like Travis is saying, win at all, then you have to wonder about the the mental like how invested will Huni and Spika and, and Tactical be, you know, for this development cycle if they're just gonna be getting slammed every time on stage. Uh Mark and Emily, one quick question, and I know this is very early to be saying, but I, I thought about this, Mark, because I thought you were saying I remember you saying I'm confident TSM will make playoffs next uh, summer or this summer, but it, I don't know, you know, there's a chance of roster changes or something. It made me start thinking. I think one of the weird things is, what the fuck roster change do you make for this team? Like, it's just it's really and weird. Jensen, baby. I mean, double lift and Jensen. Is Andy We're still running the band back to uh, TSM? Because I... <laughs> the scenario, I think, has some flaws in its presentation. Yeah. Uh, no, I um, I mean, it's it's hard because their academy roster is also the worst team in the league in, in academy. Um, so I don't know, but my point is is rather that like you can turn like this this lineup has talent is what I'm saying. Like there's already talent on this lineup, so I don't think you need to go out there and like get a Jensen. You know, it could just be I I don't know. I don't know what their plan is. Yeah, but. that's what I mean. You have to think about it, right? But then it's just weird because it's like. You're gonna. It's hard to imagine them swapping out, like their their three, uh, or or their two. I guess. Yeah, but I'm I'm just saying it's hard to imagine Huni, Spika, and Tactical not being in playoffs when it's a top eight playoffs. But who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, whatever. Anyway, uh, fun scenarios. So caller, uh, it. I don't know how to interpret everything that that Mark and Emily came out of than to say it sounds like it's a little bit more complicated than, than you say. It's hard to imagine that they don't make summer, but my God, if they don't, that's going to be wild. Uh, thanks so much for the call, though. Is there anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break? Uh, shout out Grubhub. After you uh, got the sponsorship, I've been using them once a week to get Greek food, and it is a wonderful service. Did you use code Ignite the last time you used it? Uh, I think I did, yes. Okay, that's how you get the, the Hextech chess code for, for League. So if not, then uh, make sure you do that. But thank you so much for that. Also, if somebody can clip this, that would be great. I can send it over to them. Uh, but thank you so much, uh, Basil, for the call. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Bye. One final thing I'll throw onto the TSM thing. I, I tweeted that like this is their level, and I think some people might have misinterpreted that to mean like that's this is the level they're going to stay at. I just meant that like based off what I heard from scrims from two other staff from other teams, two mm-hmm. different teams staff told me stuff that like no TSM is quite bad in scrims as well, and that's what I meant was like this is not like stage nerves or like 
that kind of underperformance, mm-hmm. more that like, this is the reality of the situation they need to improve. And I think people somehow took that to be more negative. I'm just saying they're not good right now. And I hope they improve because I think it's, I think it sucks to have TSM not good. I, I meant, I shouted this out on Rift Reaction this, this morning with, with Emily or this afternoon, but the TSM fan base is holding way more steady. Mark, have you gone to their subreddit? Uh, I went on Monday because someone said that there was a thread about my tweet or something. So that's oh, why I was, was like, there? Huh? <laughs> yeah, apparently it got taken down. I don't know. I, I honestly don't care. <laughs> but uh, I care. Uh, I want to see this. That'd be hilarious. No, um, I, I, I think it got taken down. I don't know what, I don't even know what the reaction was. I couldn't see it. So I assume people were, were upset that I was saying this was their level. I don't know. People, people thought Dunk subtweeted me, but I didn't take it as a subtweet. Maybe it was. I don't know. I don't know. My only advice, this is Duncan tweet. My only advice for fans right now is to avoid media and shit takes from casters analysts about already hitting our ceiling. Did you say they've already hit their ceiling, Mark? No, all I said was like this level that you're seeing on stage is the current level of the team was the point. I mean, maybe he misunderstood. I wouldn't be shocked given some of the other things he's tweeted at me over the years, but I don't know. Uh, yeah. Anyway, way, regardless, I, setting aside, setting I aside that. Any of this. I mean, I think it's just really funny that we followed up with, with like, trust me, I'm there in scrims and stuff. And I'm like, in my head, I'm just like, yes, trust the guy whose job it is, is to keep you engaging with their content and not the people who don't have, who aren't paid by the org to make you be invested. Absolutely. That is how you avoid echo chambers. Absolutely. Well, well, I will (laughs) say playing TSM fans. I will say I kind of expected the TSM subreddit to be in flames after the zero four. Um, because normally, you know, incredibly passionate fans of a team will be the first to like hard flame their team or turn on them. You know, I think we saw this before with like G2 during struggles and stuff, but uh, like their fans are, it's, it's either they're doing a great job of supporting their team or they're huffing mad copium. Uh, I, and it probably depends on your, on which side of the TSM fan hate side uh, thing that you, you land on, but they are they're like you know what it's great i saw signs of life from them in this game and i really think we can fix it next week and like it's either really cool to have fans supporting you the whole time or or maybe they're just yeah everything they can to explain away a zero four if people are saying they're flaming me hard in the red thread i really don't give a fuck (laughs) i mean last last summer i tsm when they got off to their initially good start i was like tsm is going to stay in first place the whole time I've had I've I've been on the wrong side of optimism for them as well. If I'm on the wrong side of pessimism <laughs> right now, like I don't care. I really you don't keep care. Thumping your drink, by the way. Every... What's that? You don't like my drink? Oh, oh my god! This the, is the ASMR version of Hotline League between Emily's leather my couch, couch. Yeah. and Mark's drink thumping into the microphone. <laughs> Thump it like a bongo. Yeah, Mark is making his points by just thumping. All right, whatever. Let's. Let's move on to something more positive, which is an ad break for Alienware. Uh, shout out to Alienware. We love them so much. It's been really cool. They just did their Alienware update. If you missed it, you can go check it out. I think the VOD is still up over at twitch.tv slash Alienware. They did a pretty cool, I, I was watching it on my break actually, um, on Friday it was, yeah, where they they had a bunch of uh, cool folks, including Quarter Jade and sigils and some others uh doing kind of a cool game show type thing as they were discussing the different products that they have and a lot of those products i think almost all of them except for the uh 34 inch ultra wide which i'm very excited to get in the future are available for order right now on alienware including their new x14 
I am currently in the process of baking them for an X14 uh, because I really love it, and I'm hoping that I can get one of those soon, so hopefully I'll be able to show that on on stream. But they also have their tri-mode wireless gaming headset that's available now. Uh, they have, in fact, they now have cool backpack sleeves, etc. So uh, please do me a favor and check out uh, their stuff. We have a new link, a new promo link, which will work on a bunch of this stuff, I think. Tweet at me if it's not. Uh, but it should be working. Uh, you can click the link in the description of this on YouTube to find out. But actually, let me make sure that I have it completely right before I read it to you. It is... Uh, 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 where'd it go? Oh, Travis Save 10 AW. That's the new code right now. So Travis Save 10 AW at checkout will save you money on your order from Alienware. And uh, please tweet at me. It works in the U.S. right now. Um, I know some. obviously we have a lot of international folks too, so... Uh, Sportsnet in the chat says, got my X15R1 in the mail last week. Such a good deal. Awesome. Thank you, Sports. Love to see it. Love it whenever folks are tweeting about Alienware or letting me know about the stuff that they're getting. Feel free to tweet pictures at me of anything you ever get and uh, tag Alienware. It's actually really helpful. We, You guys don't know, might not know, but we put those all in our presentations to them to uh, let them know how much you guys support us. So anyway, thank you so much to Alienware. Alienware.com slash Travis. Click the link in the description. And uh, use that code. Check out their new stuff. Love to see it. Mark, you want to grab the next caller? Before I go, two quick things. First oh. off, Yamiko is trending on the United States. It, she was previously Twitter. as well. All right. Um, well, that's good to see. Yeah. The second thing is someone said that it was just the person who posted the thread who was blaming me and the rest were saying that they misinterpreted me. This is one thing I'll say that why I don't like when Reddit threads and stuff gets deleted is because then you can't form your own opinion. Because... It's probably TSM haters misrepresenting what that thread was, you know, or I like, I just don't fucking know at this point. I hate it. If they were not playing me, then I don't even know. You know, it's like, what do I think? I hate this. I hate, I hate Reddit. I love Reddit, but I hate it. Yeah, no, that's true. The All only right. subreddit I visited recently is from the figure skating subreddit, which has been a shit show. Well, not now you can start to go to the Genshin Impact subreddit. Emily, there's great fan art there. You probably actually really appreciate it since you're into a bunch of anime fandom stuff. I am. Uh, thank you to Busta Rhymes, Ari Waddle, Zarthpi, Crouton, Inebriate Zeus, Drive-By Panda, Snail Chip. I think I got some of these before. Darking, uh, Blue Jay. Oh, Darking for four years. Holy shit. Wow. Uh, Blue Jay and Flick Nickum. We got more to go, but our next caller is here. Damast Alex. Is that how you say it? Uh, yeah, you can call me Dama, or you can just call me Alex. I don't care. Alex, where are you calling from? Uh, calling from, uh, the Bay Area, California. The Bay Area. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I am a big C9 fan, and so, uh, I've been watching the LCS for, um, all of the season, and the one thing I noticed is that, uh, a lot of C9's, um, a lot of C9's drafts have included at least one player first-timing a champion, uh, whether that's Fudge's Soraka or Ivern, uh, Summit's Malphite this past game against IMT, uh, the Blabber Karthus, although that didn't that, that went okay, it didn't look great. And then um, I actually looked at uh, Tim's uh, Oracle, Oracle Elixir um, with, um, and actually went some first-time Sona on stage. And so uh, my, my uh, take is that C9's... Um, first-timing champions and doing it really well on stage is actually setting them up for a lot of success, just as Ellis would say, as Ellis was saying, 
that they would go really far in wind, spring and summer of LCS, as well as uh, po potentially going really far and maybe even winning Worlds. They just lost a TL. Yeah. Um, and I don't think they looked particularly bad in that game. Um, Blabber, for first time in Karthus, Blabber looked really, really well. Um, they, I mean, you saw the you saw um, TL members uh, prioritizing the Hex Drinker, uh, which was really, really terrible for uh, for their for their build path. Um, and and um, you know, they really that game only had had a throw at the second Baron, and if they had pulled back and exercised restraint, that game was won, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, well, wait, did we get another blip in the chat? Let me know, guys. I don't know what's going on. Uh, okay. Are C9 and their first picking of champions no, going to first, make them... first timing. First timing, yeah. Yeah, first, first time picking, sorry. First time picking of champions going to lead them to win spring and summer. And then what was your world's prediction? Uh, go really far in worlds, like Ellis would say. I think I would, I, if I were, I, I, I believe in Ellis saying that we could, that this roster can go all the way to uh, at least semifinals. Um, Hopium is we win worlds, but that's Hopium, and I acknowledge that. Okay, well, I'm glad you acknowledge it. Okay, uh, Mark. Actually, you let's start off with first? Emily, because you've been talking a lot. Okay, yeah. Me, Mark. yeah, I haven't shut up. Okay, um, so I'll say I think C9 are good. I think... It's not because they're having players first-time champions. I think that is a, uh, I don't want to say like a, um, a symptom of like the root cause because it's not a negative thing, right? But like I think what you brought up is not the reason why C9 is good. It's an indicator, if that makes sense. So like... Uh, I disagree a little bit on the blabber point. I think his initial farming was fine, but I think he looked really uncomfortable on that champion. Um, and I don't think that that should necessarily always be the way that C9 wants to play. That being said, I appreciated that draft look from them. And I said that on desk um, because it's the beginning of the season. Like, why not try a draft like that? Uh, but... Um, it's not necessarily, I think, the the optimal way that you'd want to play with this lineup, even with individual players having strong individual performances, particularly Fudge and Berserker in that game. Obviously, Fudge knows how to play Relia quite well because she's also a top lane champion. Um, the big thing I would say in terms of first-timing champions is that you're that statistic is going to be high because you do have fudge role swapping and also because you have Winsome with a very short competitive history and Berserker with uh, slightly, I think slightly longer competitive history, but still, you know, not, um, not as long as, uh, as other players. So naturally you're just going to have players first timing Law of Champions. The thing that I think is cool, and then another interesting indicator, is that C9 have picked uh, unique champions in almost every single one of their games, which I think is very interesting. Uh, and that, I think, shows off the willingness of these players to be flexible. 
within these drafts. And the reason why that's a really good indicator is because it points to the fact that they're all buying into the system that C9 has, which is the strongest indicator of a healthy team, if that makes sense. So they're yeah, all philosophically I, aligned. Yeah, like I don't, I don't like, or spiritually maybe hard disagree with what you're saying, but I don't think that is a reason why they're successful. If that makes sense, I think it's like one of the indicators. Part of so, it is honestly just that Summit and Berserker have really good hands. Um, there's I have a lot of thoughts here. First off, Emily, we need to figure out and Twitch chat can help a term for what you're saying because the negative version is that's a symptom, not right. like the it's a side problem, effect. But, yeah, but a side effect is usually neg like what's a positive yeah. side effect? I thought like indicator to... was a pretty good word. She used indicator later. Indicator is good, but it's it's not. I I know like it I think have the positive. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I'll think. I'll think on this. We'll yeah, we need to, we need to, we do need to come with something because it's a it's a good byproduct. All of those I don't know. None, are those good? Does that I sound good? It sounds like a waste. Like a waste. yeah, it's like something you have to dump in the trash feature? can after you're done. Feature yeah, feature is pretty it's good. A, it's not a bug, it's a feature, it's right? A but that's not the right saying. Can we, that's, can we that's, talk that's, about that's the metaphor. main call rather than playing Wordle? I think the English lesson's Wordle. more important. Uh, anyways, while Twitch chat noodles that one out, um, I think there's a couple things here. First off, the term first timing, we need to come up with a proper nomenclature for this. Picking a champion the first time in your competitive experience is not first timing. Like, if it's your first pro match of X champion, that's not first timing. Just to be clear, first timing is like your literal first time playing that champ and you're playing it on stage. Didn't Fudge say he hadn't played Soraka in so like we'll, two we'll get into years that. But first off, I will, I will get into that. But first off, first timing doesn't mean, because literally then every rookie is just first timing their fucking stuff all the time. <laughs> like every person who starts playing pro plays like, whoa, he's first timing Jace Top. Whoa, he's first timing this. That's not what people mean when they say first timing. First timing means like, I didn't practice this. I don't know what it does, but I'm going to play it on stage. And I know LS just came in here. So uh, this might get it. a little I was going to try to trick you into I, saying something about I heard. Him. Oh, no, no, no. It's not about LS. I heard, and this is more on the C9 social media team, that they are hamming up this, this uh, first timing angle. That they are a, uh, maybe stretching the truth a little bit when they say fudge first time Soraka that day. Um, Wait, didn't so, I, did, Fudge said it in the interview multiple? Like he figured he was like yeah. he like yeah. it, it was obvious that like Gabby didn't catch it at first, and so then he intentionally made sure to bring it up again, and then he tweeted yeah. it out afterwards. I, I heard that they are they are stretching the truth of some of this from people who would know, uh, <laughs> and that there's other like things where they they talked in like other uh, things about playing the, some of these champs. They're like first timing. I could be wrong, and so I'm totally fine to get shit to, uh, changed. It's all smoke and mirrors. I know. You, so I heard LS played it in scrims, and then he brought it back. And then I thought they had actual games played on it um, beyond the 1v1s that you played with him on Sunday. And this is a per I'm glad you're here, actually, so we can just be clear about this. Is that true or not? Did he actually... I'll, I'll, take, I'll take first timing as, like, he played some 1v1s, but he didn't play any scrims with it. Did he play no scrims with Soraka before playing it on on Sunday? Because if that's true, then that's first timing. And that's that's absolutely true. Okay, well, all, well the 1v1s took... Ah, uh, but see, all those 1v1s... Okay, he never scrimmed oh, it. Oh, no, okay. he says he never scrimmed it. There we go. Okay, well, then that's first timing. 
There we go. They are first timing some stuff. Now that that's out of the way, that myth, I'm glad that myth got cleared up. They are first timing some stuff on stage. The thing I'll, I'll disagree with Emily a little bit about is I actually do think um, while I agree that there are other things that are bigger, good, positive symptoms for C9 success, I do think their willingness to try things that best fit a situation, regardless of um, practice time with that champion recently, like familiarity currently, uh, is really good. So for example, the Malphite, I think Summit said that like he wasn't 100% comfortable on it, but the team kind of wanted it. So he played it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, I think that stuff is really good because there's times where players need to get pushed so they don't default to comfort. I think going to comfort's often good, but there's times where, like, you can shit on the enemy draft with a champ, but you might not have played it, but it's like, this is so much better than your backup here that just fucking lock it in. Um, and so, like, that angle, I do think, will serve C9 well in um, international play and stuff like that when metas are fluid and, like, you're still figuring things out. Um, I think we so- agree then. I don't disagree with you on that. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think we're on the same page then. Because I think we both agree that that's not the biggest strength for Cloud9 right now, but it will be a strength when, when like, you're in best of fives and, you know... Mark, what do you think is the biggest strength for Cloud9 right now? Uh, I mean, I think Emily's right that, like, they're, they have really good hands. And uh, I think that they work really well um, executing, like, what their comps are supposed to do. Outside that... The, the Karthus game, which was more like where some of them were were placed, but like, you know, they're, the Olaf Soraka looked like insane and they played that really well. And the Soraka alts were, were usually well-coordinated and stuff like that. Um, and then the the Ivern game as well, like getting that skirmish to keep a um, Berserker alive in the river. Like they play team fights really well because I think they understand what their champs can do better than than other teams. And like, against the EG game where they were like kiting back and they reset the fight and then they're full HP and EG's chunked with no alts, you know, like they do a lot of that stuff really well. So what I'm hearing is it's all the players. Anything that would seem like a coaching staff situation, it's all just an illusion and that the players are all so good mechanically that they make the coaching staff look good. That's my, that's my takeaway from what you're saying. I would say you're not wrong. <laughs> 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 no no clearly clearly they're well coached i'm fucking <laughs> trolling uh uh no i mean i it, it's been they've been a, a breath of fresh air to the league and i think it's been it's been really neat to see what they can do um both just mechanically and also i love that they're it's really funny because i feel like in the past we've had teams in the lcs that are willing to try try something off the wall and then, like, it doesn't work. And then, but within a couple of weeks, they're just, like, back to playing standard or safe. And you're like, wow, look at these crazy picks or whatever. Um, it feels like C9 is a little bit more committed to that. But I don't know. Maybe if they go on a loose streak or something like that, we'll see them start to deviate back to the mean. Or come back to the mean? Not deviate. Anyway, that's my my interesting thoughts on... Oh, you want me to tease game. something for the blame game? Yeah. I talk about Renekton. Dude. Oh. Is this going to become another done. Landry's Marlowe thing? So no, 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 no. It's actually, it's, it's more comedic than that. If, uh, if the Landry's Morales thing happened now, do you think you would become the antichrist of the church of LS? Like you would just, you'd be the is ultimate it, no. Is it about how everyone refused to build him correctly until... I do mention the builds. 
Licorice, I think, was the first one to have, like... All right, all right, since everyone's guessing, I'll just spoil it. I said that I don't like Renekton. I think he's bad right now. But, like, it's all people talk about in the post-game threads. And, like, there's so much other shit going wrong in these games that, like, I literally can't cover them for the blame game because all anyone's <laughs> talking about is Renekton. And I so I just go through and point out a bunch of things that led to losses that didn't really have anything to do with Renekton. <laughs> and so I'm kind of defending Renekton, but not really. Yeah. Not the Vegas issue. No, no, no. I don't like Redacted at all. That's fine. Okay. Uh, Trying to think if there's anything else on this topic. Okay, wait. So are they winning spring and summer, Mark and Emily? This is why Emily loves to come on the show, because the caller will call in and make a prediction about who's winning something nine months Uh, into the future, and uh, then I'll ask her to go on the record about it. I give him a better shot for... Honestly, I don't even know if that's true. I was about to say, I give him a better shot for summer than spring, but I don't know. What? Okay, here, I, let me ask you guys both. What? I know it's a best of one, but what do you think the TLC9 match means from this past Saturday? Because I think those were the two teams that I was looking at thinking were, were probably the best in the league. And uh, we got to see them face off. So I guess, do you think there are any concrete conclusions to draw from that match or anything, or is it just too early? Even though they lost, I was actually more impressed with Cloud9 coming out of that game than coming in. Um, because they faced kind of real adversity, I think, and almost still won that game. I think like some of the stuff that went wrong in the bot lane early on, and like Winsome making some mistakes and stuff, and Hans getting ahead and whatnot, like that was a game they probably should have won, despite not like being ahead the whole time. But you're C9, looking at it from so. the C9 perspective. From the TL perspective... See, they faced a challenging pro- opponent in C9, and they managed to win, and they're still, they have a yeah, sub Yeah, but I, I, I predicted TL to win that game, because I thought TL was, like, mm-hmm. a better oh, team. Gotcha. Yeah. And so, uh... It improves, that, improves C9's spring split chances, in your mind, I guess. Right. Like, I mean, like, Core JJ is going to come back at some point, hopefully, and then, like, you know, we'll have to reevaluate, but at least, like... They went toe-to-toe with TL in that game. Like, literally, either team could have won that game based off mechanical execution of team fights, which means it's close. There are these, is, okay, here. I'll, instead of asking you guys uh, who wins, do you think that TLC9 are the finals for spring and summer? Emily takes this one. I answered the last one. Mm, so I was, so was going to say right now... I would still lean to TL Spring C9 winning summer. Are they facing um, each other? But in terms of are they going to face each other in the finals? I mean, maybe. I, I always hate questions like this. Uh, I, I think the, the positives for C9, obviously their draft flexibility and their understanding of, or, or like the player's understanding of the compositions themselves whenever they go into a match. Um, Team Liquid strength is, I think you saw it in this game where like these are a set uh, of very, very experienced players who know how to make a, a proactive play to turn a losing situation into a winning one. Like I think the everyone's probably just gonna go over the the Whippo like mid lane flank over and over in their minds in terms of like okay 
you're trying to like make a very decisive play on the map and they can lean on their experience. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think C9 are going to be a really, really formidable team a lot more quickly than I thought they would. Travis, I, th- you- I thought they were going to like take a lot longer. I thought it was going to be something similar to last split where we wouldn't necessarily see the results as quickly. Um, Travis, can you do me a solid and check the viewers? And if they're just here, they can just raise their hand and chat. Papa Smithy, Empire, Peter Dunn, Steve, Gilhoto, LS. Uh, is anyone oh, like who's in the chat, in chat? You're saying? Yeah, who, I see who's, Fifth who's... from from Dig, Danan from uh, Golden Guardians. Nope. Uh, and Narrow from Golden Guardians. Nope. LS, obviously. Yep. Uh, I don't see like Steve or Papa Smithy or. You anybody. don't see any EG or C9 or or a TL people or. Uh, oh, people? Uh, Peter Dunn is here. Peter Dennis. Okay. Here. Okay. Then it, it's it's C nine versus EG in the finals for sure. Ah. Gotcha. Gotcha. No TL people. Actually, there is a TL person, uh, but she doesn't she doesn't work with the the team directly. So uh, as long as it's not like the competitive people, no, then no. then TL is gonna get fucking boomed in in semis by C nine or uh, EG for sure. Yeah. She's not she's not on their academics or whatever. Um, uh, TL happenstance also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good to know. Uh, well, caller, thank you so much for calling in. I don't know if we didn't even touch worlds, but you know what? Let's not touch worlds. Uh, Let's not touch worlds. No, don't, don't, uh, no need to touch worlds. Yeah, no need to touch worlds. Is there anything you want to shout out before we go on to our next caller? Um, uh, shout out LS. I was and. I know I saw several people in Twitch chat saying that I am an LS lover. Uh, I was not an LS lover when he hired him, and uh, I have been converted. So uh, shout out to LS, shout out to C9, uh, shout out to you guys for doing such an amazing job. Especially shout out to Emily, been following you since ESPN days. And, uh, oh, wow. and um, with you and Jacob were my, my favorite people to listen to when it came to any league content. So uh, yeah, um, th- thanks for doing it. Uh, doing so much emily and i was so happy when you were um originally announced on the lcs broadcast i thought you were an amazing addition i i think it's it's really interesting alex i, I wonder how many other people because obviously like ls uh, very polarizing figure i wonder how many of those people are getting converted by the last two weeks oh they're of... they're coming in droves i'm sure yeah they are coming in droves i can I, I guarantee you every single c9 fan who shit talked ls in the past is tucking their tails between their legs and <laughs> pretending that they were church believers the whole time. It's like the fucking Inquisition, I'm sure. Everyone is just always... No, I always believe... I never doubted. I was always a believer. Hey, at least I had the guts to say that I didn't believe in Ellis to begin with when he originally signed, but now he, now that he's a part of C9 and seeing all the results that have happened in a very short period of time, I'm really impressed, and I think he's the best coach for the job. Uh, Mark, actually, don't don't leave after this call because I I one you should look at Skype chat, but also I want to talk about something kind of related. Thank you though, Alex, for the call, and we'll catch you next Thank time. Thank you. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Cool. Uh, so one thing I this just reminded me of, and I doubt Mark, if you feel like there's a call that we're gonna have that uh plays into this, but you probably saw my poll that I ran last week, which blew my mind. Uh, I said, who are you currently a fan of? And I listed TSM, C9, TL, and no one a different team because you can only have four people or four things listed on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it, did you see? I assume you saw this, right, Mark? Yeah, told, someone mentioned yeah. it to me. I, I didn't see it myself. Yeah. But. There was a time where, like, if you were a T- if an LCS fan, you were probably a, a TSM fan. Uh, and even now, like we had speak on huge show, it, it doubled our numbers uh, for that that week, and we did a bunch of stuff. So I still think they're wildly popular. And I know people will immediately come in and try to justify this stuff or whatever. C nine forty five percent, Team Liquid twenty two percent, TSM eleven percent or eleven point six, and no one a different team twenty percent. C nine wildly popular. Uh, over on YouTube, similar results with TSM at 10%, C9 at 42, TL at 31, 100T at 6, and no one a different team 12. I, I probably, TL, TL's always just been really good about doing content with me, so I think it's probably why YouTube skewed a little bit more. I probably just do more content with, with TL than other teams, but um, I I am shocked. I am shocked both at how far ahead of everyone else C9 is now. Like, it's basically, it feels like C9 used to be in TL's position. TSM used to be in C9's position. TL used to be in TSM's position. And now you've seen this shift between the three. Um, and then you have some 100T fans that are like, hey, what about me? And then in the background, you kind of hear va- fa- faintly somebody mentioning EG. Uh, but I I think it's just fascinating to see how that's all gone down. And I know all these people are going to be like, oh, well, your Twitter doesn't, count or it's not whatever i agree it is not the most accurate sample size it's the only sample size i have seen uh feel free to have other folks put these out on their twitter and we can continue to sample them and maybe mine will be wildly off but i don't think there's any particular reason why c9 fans would absolutely love me and follow me on everything um i don't know were you surprised by this at all mark or emily I just learned of it now, but Is no, it, I'm not surprised. You're not no. surprised. Wow. You guys hands down feel like C9 is like almost twice as as popular as everybody else. I mean, I mean like, oh no, go. I was going to say like in terms of social engagement with your Twitter. Yes. So you think this would look different if like you LCS tweeted it out? Yes. What do you think it would look like? I'm curious. Different. I don't know, Emily. What do you want to say? I was just going to say, I mean, C9 were one of the largest fan bases already. So it's not like a major stretch when they're doing really well in a very creative way that's fun to watch that people right now are going to say that they're C9 fans when they already were like massively popular. TL happenstance in the chat says, stop hiding behind Emily, Mark. And you know what? I've noticed that. He does keep pivoting over to Emily. Why? Why uh, should I stop? It's a great strategy that's worked well so far. Yeah. I'm not going to change it up in the last quarter of this show. Yeah, this is why we have great desk chemistry, Mark. You know, it, it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you tank some of the, the takes, I'll tank some of the other takes. Uh, Mark, you want to go grab the next caller? I'm kidding, by the way, 100T fans. I don't hate 100T. Everybody thinks I hate their team. Uh, this is a funny thing I've noticed. That's how you know you're doing it right. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, Travis. I, the rarest is obviously TL, but even then I feel like I get people that are like, wow, Travis is just dogging on TL sometimes. I'm like, come on. Uh, all right. Beef Stews, thank you for the 15 months. Cobalt Skies for the four. Third Lion Art gave a sub. Uh, Nevide. 
and John G365. Anzai is here. Anzai, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Orange County, California. Orange County. Is that, uh, by the way, is it Anzai? Is that how you say it? Uh, yeah, it's pretty, yeah, pretty much. Okay. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Um, so my take is that there's most likely going to be a big meta shift in the near future due to current role balance and um, patches. Meaning that teams should probably use the early season to experiment more with new picks and strategies instead of having an attitude that the game is currently solved. And the context for this is that I've noticed this sentiment in a couple of interviews with like Western um, pros, so like EU and NA, um, that the game is currently very stale and that they're kind of forced to pick a lot of the same champions every game. But I've noticed in the Eastern Leagues, which are actually still playing on a patch behind, so they're still playing on 12.2, that they've actually pushed forward a lot of new um, changes to the metagame, I guess. So like the whole breaker rush on top laners has been um, like cropping up a lot, actually, um, ever since that uh, DK versus KDF game two, where Bertle built the whole breaker against the Chemtech Akali. And I've seen um, Holebreaker being built on a lot of top laners after that. Um, T1, I think, also popularized Tom Kench as a pick that's not being seen a lot. Um, and also, in recent um, weeks, when the LPL came back uh, last week, there's been a lot of Hecarim games that have seen a lot of success. Yesterday, there was three games out of four that had Hecarim in it. And I think that this idea that the meta is sort of solved and that these champions are just always going to be the best is sort of incorrect and that also the sentiment might actually um if this continues that right is most likely also going to push out more volatile patches so like 12.3 had the bruiser item rework and we're likely to see more volatile patches come out if riot yeah. sees like this more um mm -hmm. sees the same picks in pro a lot or this is like something that generally happens right i'm not sure yeah. if this is correct um should I hide behind Emily or should I go first, Travis? You tell me. One thing, yeah. I, I'll bring up one thing really quickly. She'll first, protect you, don't worry. Uh, okay. Is that I have not seen this sentiment anywhere. Um, maybe I'm just not, because again, like I try to avoid League Reddit generally uh, just because um, for well, my here, own mental health. Anzai. Where are you seeing this stuff? I just said, yeah, you said, like you where, said interviews. interviews. So who's I know Blue it. did an interview with me where he was talking about how he hates the meta. That yeah, people um, can go see that on my channel, but Santorin kind of said a similarish thing in um the recent interview that got released. The one was from yesterday that meta. I did? Or is that yeah. somebody else? Okay. Um I remember seeing a, an interview with Humanoid um earlier, like way earlier, a couple of weeks ago, where he was talking about like how the the game feels very stale because of Riot's patches and how he kind of wants Riot to like change it up. I don't know if I'm quoting it or paraphrasing it correctly, but this was something that I thought I'd, I'd read. Um, and I think Blue might have said this on like LCS broadcast, though I'm not 100% sure on that one either. I mean, in my interview, he was talking about how he hates the mid laners and he wants to play like, like something picks. that's more so... as active as a mid laner. Yeah. So if it's mid laners. I can see why they have that sentiment because it's still fucking Corky Victor. Um and like not always, but you know, the the mid lane pool has been you know, uh a bit stagnant, I I think, uh starting off. Like even 
Like, you know, you, if even LPL is going Corky Victor, Corky Victor every game, then, you know, the, the mid lane pool, they're, they're two very specific champions. They're incredibly strong there. Uh, oh, that was also because TF kept getting banned. Um, but yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't seen that sentiment. I also just wanted to take the opportunity to remind people that LPL might be a little wild because I don't know if they'll end up patch switching because of Lunar New Year. When they take a break, the government also takes a break and they need to get patches approved. It's like a formality, but because the government shut down last year and a lot of the times what you'll see is uh, them skipping an entire patch which is always funny because they'll just start playing the stuff that's on the live patch in games, even though they'll still be on 12.2. So they might, what LPL might end up doing is actually staying on 12.2 until they swap to 12.4. I'm just throwing that out there. I don't know if that's the case, but it has happened in the past. Um, I think I, there's been some conversation and we, we had a little bit on the dive about like, uh, do you try and learn things that you think you can get nerfed out of the game? Like the roaming smite top and, um some you know cheesy stuff or that you think might go away um but i think i i generally agree that the way i view it is you should always just play what you think is the strongest um with like a degree of strategic diversity um like you should try and pick up new things because you're not sure if they're the strongest or not like don't don't blindly believe things are the strongest like everyone should try roaming smite top everyone should try it uh and when the meta changes, you just learn to pick up the new thing quickly. And that's, that's just my, my opinion is if you think this stuff is strong, go, go try it, make, try and make it work and then play it. Um, I always like when people, there's a, there's a new champion that drops or a champ gets reworked and we're trying it in scrims. I always like that. So if you are playing Smite top, it's only been FlyQuest and EG, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, hundred percent. You should be praised for playing Smite top. I, I, I praised you guys before. I said I, I thought it was a great draft, especially into Dignitas, who aren't. Uh, oh, TSM did play it. I forgot about TSM's yeah. game. I tried. Are to you arguing in Twitch chat? <laughs> yeah. No, no. Peter in in Twitch chat mentioned TSM. You have to mention uh, who it is you're arguing with because people that okay. Anyways, I continue. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying like the people who are playing it. I'm happy to see them playing it. Uh, not joke seriously about that TSM game. I'm happy they tried it. Um, I think there's times I like it more than others, but I'm glad people are trying it. It probably will get patched out. They tried to change it a little bit already in 12.3, I think it was. Maybe it was 12.4. I don't know. Um, but no matter what, I hope people keep trying to adapt because you don't know what the meta is going to be six months from now. And the best thing that you can learn is how to be a team that can be flexible and versatile. And I still think people should have play styles. Like, Dig seems to like having River Camp for their bot lane. I'm cool having an identity. That doesn't mean that Fake God should never play Gwen. He should never play, I don't know, Fiora into Gwen. Like, go branch out and try it sometimes. But, you know, like, also have the things that you're good at. Uh, but my life for the day when we see LCS top laners just go Camille, Fiora, like an LPL, where it's just like, I'm going to outhand you. Dude, Darshan's uh, doing it in Academy. Anyone puts Gwen into Darshan, he's like, I'm taking Fiora, you fucker. And I love it. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, I was talking about that with Jat, I think. We were talking about it on Sunday. Uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm mean, down for hard counter picks and stuff, too. 
Um, the Hecarim has also been seen in Academy. If you, one thing I always think is interesting is actually to track any Academy teams and see if the stuff pops up in LCS to see how well they're communicating or if it's something that maybe the main team has scrimmed against the Academy team, etc. You see teams be willing, a lot more willing to experiment with picks there, uh, for a few reasons, but one of them is like that very clearly sometimes rosters goals like are not to win. Like obviously everyone wants to win, but in terms of from an organizational standpoint and talent development standpoint, I big agree with a lot of people who say that, uh, you know, the development lineups aren't necessarily built for winning more than they are built for building talent and experimentation. Um, but yeah, I hadn't seen this take, uh, and that's why I kind of wanted to ask who it was, because it's funny that it's mostly mid laners, especially if it was a few patches ago, because I can see why mid laners were getting kind of bored with just Corky Victor. Well, it sounds like the uh, Mark and Emily, you agree with the caller that experimentation mm -hmm. is good. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, that's why I like think legitimately LCS is really interesting to watch the best now. league in the world uh no but thanks anzai for the call anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break i want to shout out leakpedia because it was really helpful the pick and ban feature especially to do some research for like three to four minutes uh, and shout out to oracle elixir as well it's just that i think that other platforms are a little more accessible when it comes to seeing pick and bands and scoreboards and items and stuff like that. Nice. We love shouting out community data sites. Thank you, Anzai, for the call. Mm -hmm. And we will catch you next time. That's you. All right. Time to take a quick break to talk about Grubhub. I was out of town this past weekend, and I was with my girlfriend, and we were going to... Uh, cook food or no we were gonna go out that night and then we just decided we were too tired and you know what i did i opened up the grubhub app and looked at a bunch of local restaurants that i had never been to before and i found this amazing thai food place and i'm not usually a huge fan of thai food but it had five stars in the app and had a ton of reviews and so i ordered from grubhub using that and had a delicious meal delivered very quickly using the Grubhub guarantee, by the way, which is if they, if it shows up late, you can hit them up. They will make it right. In fact, I had that actually a, a couple of weeks ago, I think because of traffic in LA, there was a, uh, a an order that came literally just a couple minutes late after their estimated delivery window. And I just opened up in the app and was able to use the system to flag the Grubhub guarantee and uh, received a $5 credit uh, that I was able to use later on for something else. So uh, it's just fantastic what they're able to do. Mark, you, you've ordered something from Grubhub now with all of our yes. Grubhub dollars. On Monday, Valentine's Day, Ashley and I did the cutest thing that you can ever do on Valentine's Day. We ordered a heart-shaped pizza using Grubhub. Oh, really? And it was delicious. Yeah. you never seen these? No, I have seen it. Yeah, yeah, I have. That's awesome. No, but I really ordered a heart-shaped pizza. Yesterday. Nice. That's cute. Uh, fantastic. Look, Grubhub bringing romance into Mark's life. You know, if you can think about this guy, he's one of the grouchiest, most surly people ever. And if Grubhub can bring him romance on Valentine's Day, what can't they bring? 
Uh, by the way, they still have their promo going, I believe, for a little bit longer. Uh, I want to say it's through this week, but I need to double check. But use use code Ignite when you're checking out, uh, and use the link in the description of the YouTube video. Or actually, I'll put it in the chat. Oh, actually, Natural Ninja got it for us. Thank you. Natural Ninja can pop it again, uh, and and use that link, and then try to use code Ignite uh, because I think it's still active for a couple more days which is fantastic, and you can get a Hextech chest. I think it's at t Wall Supplies last. I think they have about 50K of them that they're giving out because um, I, I know I tweeted this a little while ago. I've seen some other people tweeting it as well in this world. In fact, you can also get a chance to win a Hextech chest, which I saw a video of Emily opening. Did they just give that to you, Emily? Or you, you got that on the broadcast? Yeah. There we go. Uh yeah. I think Dash gave it to you, right? It was up for grabs and he handed it to you. I saw the clip. Yeah, I basically just spoke first. Yes. And said I wanted it. Fantastic. I did not do anything special to get it. To yes. Raz's chagrin. Yes, well, I think if you ha if you still have that that gift card, I would definitely recommend checking out the gift card because I think it's probably but worth we it. We talked about how much it was Yeah, worth. it is a, a significant amount of money. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, anyway, uh, thanks so much to... Uh, Grubhub for sponsoring the show. Please check the link in the description and uh, we will hopefully see you guys tweeting about your Grubhub deliveries on the Twitters. Are you, you ready? Grab the next caller, Mark? Yeah, I did grab the next caller. Wait. Oh. Yeah, I did that. They were <laughs> not here when I asked you. Max is here. Max, where are you calling from? Hey, I'm calling from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Winnipeg, Manitoba. How cold is it there right now? I uh, it was like minus ten to minus twenty Celsius today. My God! All right, minus twenty five with wind chill. The big thing is we've been getting so much snow in the past three weeks. We've got more snow than we got all last year. Well, it hailed today in Los Angeles, so like it's not whatever, man. Yeah, it's man, pretty sucks to be you guys. Pretty you tough. Snow so much. Uh, anyway, what do you want to talk about on the show, Max? Yeah, so my take is that uh, we need to ban talking about Worlds from the LCS broadcast. Because Worlds is essentially a competing uh, uh, um, product, and it just detracts from the LCS. Hmm. So, so I think we've had this call before. Uh, maybe Tom Shu had it at one point in time. But you think they should just not even mention Worlds. You, when you say ban, do you literally mean... Just never talk about worlds at all? I think there are good ways to talk about worlds, but I don't think they're being done. And so until we can get to a point where we're positive on the LCS as a product and not talking about worlds in a way that detracts from the LCS, we need to just stop talking about worlds. All right. Uh, and, and you say it's, it's competing. Like, essentially, right? Because... Uh, LCS as a product is selling you entertainment through uh, um, showing you League of Legends, and Worlds is doing the same thing. So when you say that Worlds is good content and got good content, and LCS is bad content, you're advertising for a competing product. Does the broadcast ever say that LCS has bad content, though? No, but when you say that it's significantly worse gameplay, that is really what you're saying. Even if that's not what you're trying to say, it's what people hear. Gotcha. All right. Uh, Mark, you going to hide behind Emily? 
well, I just want to ask one thing first. Uh, do you have a specific instance from recently that you're thinking of? Just so, just to hone in a little bit. Recently, like actually, this year has been really good. My few recent things are actually you, Mark, are one of the worst people for doing this. I think uh, I've been saying that for last, years. the first week. You uh, you called out. It's like ah, but we're never gonna win worlds on broadcast. And I think Raz is also really bad for being like it doesn't matter if one team looks good, we're still never gonna win worlds. I said that specifically not on broadcast, because because I, I I remember when Jat was on the uh, the waiting room and he said like if NA is gonna win worlds, it's gonna be doing this. And I said on something else, like, thank God I wasn't on for that segment because I would have said NA is never winning Worlds. And I think that's all I said about that recently. I'm not sure if I said it's somewhere else. That That's actually why I remembered it, though. I, I think in the moment it was, like, totally just a slip because I've noticed that you but have wasn't been a on lot better about it. No, no, no. I, I mean, there, there was a different time on broadcast. I don't even know that you're okay. saying that. Yeah, whatever. It's not important. Okay. You've been great. I think you're doing a lot better this year when it comes to not shitting on the LCS. Um, so, yeah. I, gotta I think you're doing a lot better this year, too. LCS. I think you're doing a lot better this year, too, Mark. I've, I've felt like that. Huge <laughs> improvements. I'm, I'm just so proud of Shut you. Up. Let Emily talk. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, I... This is a really interesting take because I've only experienced the flip side of it on broadcast, right? Where like you are saying something positive about a team and then you get blowback on social media. And my response to that is always like, whenever you talk about a league within itself, if I'm talking about a team and I'm saying they do something good or bad, on the LCS broadcast, I am always only talking about LCS and that should be an accepted baseline, right? So I shouldn't have to qualify every statement with for LCS and for, you know, like for North America or something because A, that gets obnoxious. B, um, it hampers what points you want to make because you're, uh, you know, negatively framing everything from the get-go. And C, it should just be accepted that if you're talking about a regional league, unless you specifically mention Worlds or another league, then everything should automatically be assumed to be comparing to the level of other teams within that domestic league. That should be an automatic assumption, just like my journalism teachers used to always yell at me for saying I think in things, because that should be an accepted part of an opinion piece. Um I've internalized this a lot, actually, now that I'm talking I, through I it. I agree so much, though. Thank you. <laughs> We're diving into but yeah, Emily's so IQ. I, I, I honestly I've think, only, Emily, you're the best voice I've on, only ever... on the broadcast and have been for you. All right, we already had one Emily person yeah. gushing. We don't <laughs> like, need another. No more compliments. Uh, but it's interesting because I've only experienced, like, the flip side of it, right? Like, I haven't, I've never experienced this take before. So it's, like, very, it's very interesting to hear because ultimately my challenge with being on broadcast personally has always been I'm a very critical person and I want to be able to 
offer criticism, but I often don't have the time to explain the nuances of what I want to talk about because we have very short turnaround times. So um, that is something I've struggled with and actually like, again, talk to people who I've gotten blowback about like, well, you said this about this team, but then they made all these mistakes. And I'm like, yes. And like, <laughs> can I like, yes, I, I am also aware that they made those mistakes. Um, they are also aware that they made those mistakes. Can so... I ask you guys, sorry, Emily, I don't, I don't mean to cut in this. Mm -hmm. Um, when do you, do you guys remember the beginning of the hype video for this year, right? The big one where Bjergsen shows up uh, mm -hmm. in the garage or whatever. They have the audio tracks at the beginning of voices that I, th I think are meant to all, I interpret them as being LEC casters. Uh, but they're all like, yeah, the LCS just isn't what it used to be. Like, oh, it's fallen. Like they don't have what it takes or blah, 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 blah. Right. There's a lot of that type of stuff. And then and have afterwards the you have all these the keyboard moment yeah from, you have all, uh, all these else like yeah Spica smashes the tv and all the players come out and the what uh, ignite uprise uh upset i forget what it is it's uh unleash unleash yes like teleport i i'm curious do you guys think or did you interpret when you first watched that maybe you had some uh, insight from your job or something but did you did you interpret that as being like North America sucks as a region competitively. Like, was that what those voices were indicative of? Do, do you want me to answer honestly? Yeah. I didn't think that hard about it. Okay. I, I just assumed it was like the typical things people have said about the LCS for, from wherever. I didn't think about it that hard. I was like, yep, those are things I've heard people basically say in some yeah. form or another. Emily, did you did you think it was about competitively or did you I mean did, both? Okay. People so are the reason I asked this is because I watched it everything. When I watched it, I interpreted it as being I wasn't even necessarily thinking about competitive. I was just thinking about over the past couple of years people have been like, "Oh yeah, the LCS sucks now. Like the product isn't good or the broadcast sucks or like the people like the players suck, everything sucks." And so I thought it was pretty exciting because it's like, okay, Speaker's going to shut these guys up with a hammer to the TV. And then here's all our hype players. And like LCS is going to be really hype. And like you can get excited. It's okay to be excited about the LCS. The LCS is cool. I have some friends who work in the industry who had said that they interpreted it. They were like, man, once again, LCS is just trying to make like LCS needs to stop acting as if we're going to become competitive with inter international regions. And like, this is just another example of them trying to talk about like, Oh, people say we're not going to be good competitively, but we're going to ignite uprise unleash. And here's all our, all these players. And so they thought that the video failed because it was continuing to lean into the narrative of like, this is us. Like we're going to take off. We're going to do really good. Um, I would and, say your friends have problems with artistic interpretation. <laughs> and, well and so so that's i mean the reason i brought this up was not to settle a debate with my friends and i but it more <laughs> because it sparked that conversation right where it's like if you really do think that worlds is not something that lcs should be considering we shouldn't talk about international competition and that's what that video was about then that video was kind of a failure in that sense uh but if if like it that's not what it is or it's okay to acknowledge that we're not good or whatever i don't know 
I just it was something that I've been on my mind ever since I saw that video because I interpreted it so differently. Um, no, I think I think your friends are trolling. Uh, the only other thing I'll say about this topic really quickly is that the idea that Worlds and LCS are competing products doesn't make sense to me. They don't run at the same time. Um, any problem that Worlds has with its a negative influence on the LCS is simply uh, people saying the LCS doesn't matter and only Worlds success matters. Um, that's probably about the only thing that, that negatively impacts that. I don't mm -hmm. really think they're competing products in any way. Yeah, I think that. it's a. I think it's a as a framing method. Yeah, it's going to be interesting in terms of how different leagues use it based on prior competitive success, right? So if you're an LPL team or an LCK team and you're looking at your top teams, I mean, but we do that here too, right? Because for example, whenever a team's on like a really massive win streak in the LCS. I do think it's then fair to be like, okay, how do I think this team would stack up against the, if we're looking at, especially in summer, if we're looking at like, what does this team need to improve on in order to become a stronger team? I think that's like very, I think then it becomes a nice way to frame constructive criticism about that team and what they can do better to become a more complete team because maybe they won't, won't be getting challenged as much in the LCS at that point. This is what I'm talking about, like teams on like massive win streaks, right? Because if you are, if you keep winning, even if you have like, or especially if you have a very specific play style, it's sometimes a lot more difficult to see where the holes are in a team like that. And so that's when comparing to other teams competitively internationally is interesting. Um, that would probably be. The let me main let me ask one point of question. Like a world's framework. Hurry let, up, Travis. We got. I know, Mark. I would. I said, let me ask one point of question, and now you're extending it by talking over me to explain how we need to hurry up. <laughs> I'll log off. I swear to God. Uh. Okay, we agree that it's okay to talk about worlds on the broadcast. Really quickly, from both of you. How do you think Worlds should be framed during summer playoffs? Is it a situation where you're talking about like, and this team is going to go to Worlds? Or is it a situation where you're like, this team is going to win and like Worlds is kind of an afterthought? Because that's the more pointed version of this question and like the more reasonable one is not like just ban the ever talking about Worlds, but it's what does North, how does North America talk about Worlds as a accomplishment? for a team going to world specifically. You're going to hate my answer, but it depends on the team. Yeah, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. You just, you're like, and that's every yeah. analyst should make that decision on their own on if this team is going to be competitive at worlds and talk about them in that, in that sense. I mean, I, I would, but I also think that like, in terms of if it's a team that is say like C9, right? Go out and they just absolutely destroy NA and they um, they end up as like first seed going into Worlds based on the competitive framework that that coaching staff has set for themselves, which is we can make World Semifinals. That then is the framework that I'm going to be looking at that team and being like, okay, here is what your goals are. How do, you, how do I think as an outsider, you can get your team there based on an analytical breakdown of what your team does well. well um, if a, in an unexpected team, say like 
TSM managed to turn it around and they're going to Worlds as the third seed. Like, I'm probably not talking about them in the same way, you know? Travis, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were talking about like heading through playoffs. How do you talk about Worlds in playoffs, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just like how how much are we talking about? I think you you talk about it like winning the split is what everyone wants to do in worlds is almost more of an ancillary thing. It's like a bonus. Um, yeah. Like, Hey, nice. You made worlds. We'll get to see you in the top competition, you know, a month or two from now, but then you reframe onto the playoffs pretty quickly. Okay. That's a, an interesting thought. Okay. Thank you so much caller. Uh, we've got two more to go. So we have to say goodbye to you, Max, but anything you want to shout out before we go on to our next caller? Yeah, I'll shout out Alienware. I used to not like Alienware, but since watching your show, I now uh, tell everyone who asks me to build them a PC to just buy an Alienware. I love to hear it. Thank you so much uh, for the call, and we will catch you next time. Raz, fight me. (laughs) Uh, That was cool. All right. Thank you to John G365. The third lion in the arc is giving... Out tier two subs, which is sick. Uh, Cheney Core, the legend of uh, Brom Burgundy. I love you, chat, for 50 months. Holy shit. Rainy the Croc, Prince of Kimchi, Daddy, please spank me. Lot play, Dank, Dragon gifted to LS, uh, Kethius, Wild, 1997, Duke by Fall. Uh, and the next caller is here. Dragon Icicle and DJ Morali. I had to get through that, Mark. Saint is here. Saint, where are you calling Do it from? later. Uh, I'm calling from Spokane, Washington. They were an hour old, Mark. Spokane, Washington. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I want to talk about how I think evil geniuses are only going to be good in the regular season. In the playoffs, they're going to lose like their first series against a team with a good bot lane because Danny is, like, and Vulcan are pretty bad in lane. And then also Inspired, obviously, is the MVP. But only in the regular season, like Rogue infamous for choking. So I think they're going to do pretty bad in the playoffs. So my first question for you, Saint, is when are they going to get good in the regular season? I mean, I think they're pretty good right now, but they'll probably take they're up. They're not even in the top half of the league. Well, they've, they've had a strong schedule, haven't they? Yes. This is also what team. Emily pointed out to me on Rift Reaction today. Um, but they are, they are at the bottom half of the standings right now. Um, so so even then you think they're doing well now, but you think that they're gonna fall off in playoffs. Uh yeah. Okay. Definitely. And sorry, you said Danny and Vulcan are the reason why? Yeah, I think if they play against especially if the TL and Hundred Thieves spot lane and maybe C nine, I think we'll kind of demolish them in lane. So they'll only be able to win if they can like beat him a bunch of tower plates. Which is how they win, basically. I think. Mark. Um, I. There. What is the what is the 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 prediction you're saying? They're just gonna lose to Team Liquid and maybe C9. So they or won't do well on playoffs because even well, though they'll but do I mean, well like, on what's, what's do well? Like, what do you consider not I, doing well? I Losing don't... in semis. Yeah, I think they'll make semis at best. If, unless they are able to dodge the teams with good bot lane. Like. Well, I think they'll make semis. Um, that's what I'll say. I think they'll make semis. They I could lose they'll... in semis to 100 Thieves or TL. I don't know. 
I mean, Who yeah, losing to a, a finalist team, I don't think necessarily means that you were bad in playoffs. Yeah, I I don't know if it's if you think they're gonna like collapse and lose to like FlyQuest in playoffs, presuming that the one because isn't it one and two seed get preceded in and then. Or is it losers tournament? Uh, they change the format so often, though. Right? Yeah. No. Fuck. They play one and two right away. Yeah. I don't know. That could see them losing in, in the first half against TL, dropping their losers bracket, beating FlyQuest, playing I don't know Dignitas, beating them, and then lose. I don't know. I don't know. Emily, are they boned in playoffs? <laughs> no. I mean, I think it's I think it's way too early to tell. I I think that so a few things i think that the inspired point is a bit moot because i think he's already shown on this team that he is making more early map movements and is working on lane communication earlier in the game like he's played both styles of like early affecting lanes and then also a slower farming style, which we were typically seeing from him on Rogue, where they just would have pushing lanes and then he'd have a lot of coverage. So I disagree that just because Rogue didn't, um, like, supposedly like, failed in playoffs last year, that the same thing will happen with EG, because I think I've already seen a more diversity in his jungle style, and I think he's a smart player. Emily, um, what about Vulcan Danny? Are they a liability? But Vul so Vulcan Danny, I think Danny's landing has actually improved from last year, which was my main sticking point with rating him super highly against other AD carries. Um, the interesting thing that EG does, I think, is that they do typically a good job of making sure that he does get lane farm while cross-mapping. And it's actually quite smart. The way that they do that which isn't necessarily saying like okay we're opting into a, a 2v2 battle right so if they keep doing that and generally show a good understanding of cross mapping like you'll notice that they'll have danny in the side lane and they'll stick harold there right or like if they're contesting harold either a soft or hard contest if they notice that the other bot lane is rotating up it might be a soft contest, and then they'll just have Danny like hammering away on turrets and getting a massive lead that way. Um, so I think in terms of opting out of having like a super aggressive 2v2 lane, they're actually quite good at getting gold onto Danny so they can get him to team fighting where he is just like absolutely cracked. So I mean uh, this isn't, um, I, I actually don't really care about the playoffs prediction part, but in terms of like analytically, I think they're, they're pretty good at, at, uh, at making sure that he is in a strong point going into team fighting, if that makes sense. I'm, I'm going to agree. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Mark. Nope. I'm going to agree with the caller a little bit, not necessarily in terms of uh like oh i think that they're going to do they're going to drop off in playoffs by the way i don't even think making semis is necessarily dropping off like especially if they end up losing to the team that wins the whole thing i don't know i i'm i'm not too worried but i i am a little bit suspicious i i continue to think eg has had brilliant marketing for this team 
you got people like Tim out there who like even when they lose is like uh talk I love Tim by the way. You know, obviously we worked together for a long time. But like they'll lose and then he go- immediately runs to Twitter and is like just everybody knows JoJo's going to have games like this. He's still a god. Uh you know, it's just there's a lot of people hiding writing the the EG hype train right now and I and you're just off of it. Feel like they need to win some more in order Travis to deserve the EG. Either. I'm not an EG hater. hater. I just like he hates EG. They looked good for like they looked good for for two weeks in lock in, and then I don't like there. This is not the second coming of Christ that people were talking about this team. No, let me tell you what this is. This is hundred thieves from last year where they looked pretty good in lock in, and then they just slowly falter throughout spring, and then in between spring and summer they bring in a new mid laner. They grab Jensen, and then they win win summer. That's what so you're even is. off the JoJo tra- hype train. I'm on the um, whatever wherever Travis is. That's where I stand. Travis is staying on the station and watching this hype train ride off into the distance. I'm by him. I have no idea where this conversation went. Thank you, Saint, but... for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we take our last caller? No, not really. <laughs> Thank you. You sound so so disappointed in the way that this is gone. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, here is there anything quickly you want to say, Saint, in response? Uh, I guess I maybe I was too nice. I just think they're not a contender for the championship, like at all. That's not. I don't feel like that's. Is that really that hot of a take, Mark and Emily? I don't. I don't know. No, I, I guess it depends. It would have been hotter a week ago, maybe. Yeah. I also think it's the framing. Like, if you're just saying that they're going to potentially lose in the semis, I don't know why that sounds less compelling than they're not a title contender. Like, they're frauds, you know? Like, yeah. Well, I think they're you... definitely going to lose in semis. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a way you can punch that take up in the future. Because if it's just that they're going to lose in semis, I'm like, yeah, maybe. I don't know why. You're saying the same thing, but I don't know why this one just doesn't. Yeah, like, I don't no ch- argue no chance in hell this team makes finals. Like, right. If you called it and said yeah. they were fucking frauds, then I'd be like, no, you're crazy. <laughs> But if you say they lose in semis to TL, I'm like, eh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, fra- the same frame thing. your takes so they're hotter. Is it yeah. is it a hot take? Well, to be clear, Mark pulled this take. Is it a hot take, Mark, that they are not champion contenders at all for spring? I think that would be a hot take. You said there's there's, there's no chance. You know, like that, that's what I meant, really. Like, yeah. No, I got I you. Know. My bad. Anyway, thanks for the call. We'll catch you next time. Uh, what a sad I mean, resolution to the end of that call. I, I when he when he called in, I asked for clarification. You know, I was like, so wait, what are you saying that they're, they're gonna like they're not gonna be good in best of fives? And I was like, are you saying that they have you know like? And then he said that they lose in semis or something. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, like uh, it's my own fault for framing the question that way. But like I I, I don't know. Mark saved my call for the last because he's a selfish person. Uh, here we go. Thank you, Benjamin, for the thirty-five months. And low budget for the raid. Uh, here we go. Waiting for Mark to come back. Where is he? Emily and I are waiting patiently. Finally, oh. Sakovitz is here. Sakovitz, you've waited the entire show. Where are you calling from? I am calling from Dallas, Texas. I'm a sad boy. Last year, supposed to get my LCS. Didn't. Was that now last year or was it the year before? It all blurs together. I thought I'm that was sure 20- it was last year. 
that 2020 was the year it was going, but maybe it was 2021. I don't. Who knows at this point in time? I think it was 2021 spring. It was it was meant to be Dallas. Okay, well, or, I trust or maybe you it was summer. You probably know. Uh, I thought it New Jersey was going to be summer. Uh, was summer. New Jersey? Summer was New Jersey. Yeah. Okay. I'm okay. Whatever. Anyway, what do you want to talk about? And why did Mark wait to take this call all the way at the very end? Um, I think it's just because it's a nice wrap up to what you guys started the this you know hotline league with today yeah that i think that the new lcs commissioner jackie is exactly what the lcs as a product needs at this very moment why Hmm. i i believe this primarily because the only thing that lcs has been um i guess i guess the thing it's been most strongly criticized for in the past few years is its content and its overall feel, especially after franchising, um, you know, all of the leagues kind of experienced their little rebrand. LCS did their failed um, experiment with the, what was it? The master, was it the digital arena? I don't, the virtual arena? Yeah. And everyone was criticizing that and all the content around that because, frankly, there wasn't that much compelling content. Then they, you know, slowly it's getting better. It's moving in a, a, the right direction. And... Greeley's time as commissioner was more, it seemed to be more dedicated, at least looking back in hindsight, it seemed to be more dedicated to figuring out the right structure for LCS to succeed um, for, for the best competitive success. And now, um, with Jackie coming in from the Overwatch League, CDL, and uh, Gears of War, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and from from what I understand, she she primarily worked as a creative head, not not a n- like not someone who organized the act, you know all the events and everything. Uh, so so you're just basically saying if this person's bringing creative energy to the league and can maybe help shore up a lot of the content, that that'll be better, and that's what the league needs because that that's where the the biggest issue has been. Oh yeah, hundred percent. That's pretty. That's pretty much it. Um, she she, well, she her tweet um, about what was it? She was responding to. Oh my gosh, failed esports league head uh, under Activision, and she, you know she yeah. she directly acknowledged that um, she worked as a at, you know for the product of those leagues, the actual um, on the creative and a lot of stuff on the creative end. And okay. I I, th- I don't think anyone would deny that the Overwatch League specifically is. Or at least was not anymore. What was in spectacle? You couldn't really deny it had. It, it was it, their branding was great. It's just you know the actual functionality of the league kind of tapered off. So a couple things here. Uh, I am really passionate about talking about this. I would like to probably do. Maybe I'll do my own video on it since uh, I know Mark is like we're all over time. But <laughs> I definitely think that I agree with you in some areas and I disagree with you in others. One, I don't think it's safe to say that the only issue that the league has had has been on the content and creative side. I think it's probably the most obvious issue, but I think the competitive side of it has been a huge issue. Uh, I think that the a lot of the systemic issues that the league faces are far more subtle. There are things like player retention. There are things like keeping teams from our players from just flopping around to all these different teams and actually building brand around those players like that is not just a content issue obviously you need content to build the brand but it's incredibly hard when you go out and you invest in 
Alfari, Perks, and Sword Artist, three huge names, and then they fuck off after a year. Like, a commissioner, yeah. I, I'm hoping that this commissioner has the ability to uh, either through rule changes or through direct conversations with the team, uh, move away from that. You know, like, the worst thing in the world is if this year C9 has this crazy cool story around these players and LS coming over, and then at the end of the year, LS leaves and the players get traded and C9 starts all over again because they got they didn't get out of groups or something. So I think there's a lot of issues with that. I also don't necessarily agree with the idea that, like, the going back to the only issues, like, the league has had so many format changes in the past three years yeah. that, like, Mark and I don't even know how this shit works anymore. Um, it's We were just having that issue a second ago. <laughs> With the spring playoffs, right? And by the way, is it called spring playoffs or is it called midseason, mid-season showdowns? Showdown? Dead. Like, <laughs> like it has. I think, in one sense, I am happy that the league has tried a lot of different things. I know that they were having it, like it started to feel stale, so they tried these different formats, et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to criticize them too much for trying different stuff, but like. Clearly, none of it worked because we're back to where we were in what 2019, 20. I forget when they did Friday Night League, but or Monday Night League. Um, that might have been 2018. I, I think it, I think 2020. We're, we're, we're was back when before. It was first Monday Night League, then it was Friday mm-hmm. Night League. Now it's just Saturday Sunday Night League again. You know. Yeah. Then then it was point. full Friday. Then it was yeah. And we've had midseason showdown. We've had all these different things again. Some of the stuff, like Lock-In, I think is generally cool, even if this year it was kind of a dud for other reasons. Like, I don't think it's terrible to to change and interact and try different stuff, but I would not say that, like, La League up until now is, like, the, mo- the majority of those changes were very successful. Um, I think only now are we starting to see a lot of the changes to Academy and Amateur that make me hopeful for the future. But again, how many of these teams are actually bought in on Academy and Amateur and how much of them are just doing it because they have the rules to so i i actually think there are look i i continue to be optimistic about a lot of the stuff that i am seeing with the league this year already i think the broadcast is getting into a better place uh i think having it back to two days a week is actually pretty good like a lot uh, ironically a lot of things that i think have been good about the league are just us going back to the way things were done a couple years ago but that doesn't necessarily make me feel like stuff has been wildly successful mark you know if i did that shit thing your interesting calls. I got this one here where I was able to super dive in. So I I would laugh my ass off if you did that. I think uh I think sorry, podcast listeners, Mark is being a child. Um so I've actually been unironically listening to everything you said. I think you're making some great points, Travis. Let me tap one more onto you sure. here. About the whole like there's things beyond content. People are talking about how the content has leveled up this year. Um, and I think a large part of that is given to, and I don't want to leave name. I don't, this is not like an exclusive list, but this guy, Justin, I don't know how to pronounce it. Creative name. director. Rosario or something. Yeah. Restiano. Justin. Rest, Restiano. I'm not quite sure exactly. Yeah. Uh, but he has been killing it. He's been great. They, um, so like the commissioner isn't in charge of a ton of creative stuff. And I don't know how long, you know, if she's like, they just announced it. Has she been working behind the scenes before? I don't know. But like I think, um, no, know. she she was at Blizzard like two weeks ago. Yeah, so so Justin has been been killing it, um, and I think the things that you're talking about are more in line with what the commissioner will be tackling because there is someone whose job is creative direction. Um, yeah, that's you know, one of the things that's confusing to me about this, and I hope she can come on Hotline League in the future because 
previously the commissioner role had less to do with the broadcast decisions. Like that was more like the executive producer of the LCS. And I think now it is this Justin person. Um, so I'm sorry. I should say Justin person as if I haven't met him. Justin, I'm sorry if you're watching. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a creative director. He's yeah, catching strays over here. What? I just I, I said I'm terrible with names. All yeah. right. I fucking um, see Justin like all the time. So I suppose in that case, I'm 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 essentially just optimistic that, um, I guess through what you said, Travis, with the the more understated um, issues that probably affect the league a lot strong, uh, much more strongly, that uh, uh, through the through I guess specific rule changes that might help um, the future of the LCS as a brand as well as com- you know on the competitive side, like. For example, the import rule. Like, who know who knows what the future of that is? I know. No, that's uh, a perfect point. So, sorry, just to time in really quickly. Like, I the here's if if I was to say that the commissioner has one major task, it's to figure shit out with the owners, because people might forget this, but it, one year ago this week was when I think it was literally this week was when I was interviewing all the team owners during the media week, which, by the way, notably they aren't doing anymore. Um, where I inter- I asked all the team owners about the import rule, and then it blew up into like a month long adventure where Andy Din was eventually posting a medium post, not a twit longer, talking about how he's losing faith in the league and he needs to be able to bring in five players from another country or you know region to to have you know save the league um, because the viewership is not where it used to be or whatever, right? Like. You've got some team owners who are investing the min- very minimum in the league. You've got others who are probably overspending. Like, there's so much shit that is just out of order. I think, and there's so many conflicting visions on what this league is and what isn't should isn't going to be. And like, what I would love, what I would love, we'll never hear if this happens, but what I would love is for Jackie to walk into a meeting with the team owners in a month or two. And be like, hello, this is our five-year vision for the league. This is how much money we're hoping each of you teams make uh, and how much we make that we can give to you and what we expect the viewership to be like and what we we expect the growth to be like. And here's what we're heading towards. And if anybody doesn't like this, please let us know. We will help facilitate the transfer of your LCS slot to another. And CLG, please start winning. Otherwise, you're going to not have us facilitate. We're going to force. Um, like, I think it would be like, that's the thing that I think the league needs right now. Um, and so I hope she's coming in there. I think, uh, Adam Apicella, who's been around in esports for a long time. And I think worked with her on the, uh, the, the call of duty stuff said great hire by LCS official. Uh, Jack Felling is a put pit bull with esports product ownership. What she did with gears with the resources she had was incredible. So I'm, I'm hopeful uh, and then he gave himself a self compliment by saying, "Stoked to see a fellow grinder get recognized and get a shot." Um, you know, you can't ever compliment somebody else without complimenting yourself. Uh, but I, I really hope she comes in and is just like, "Here's what the fuck this league is. Here's what you guys are all a part of. And if you don't like it, get the fuck out." Because uh, I think that that would be really good. That I can't. I can't. It's hard to imagine that happening. <laughs> I mean, you could say it in. The diplomatic ways, which is, hello, everyone. I'm hoping we can align around our five-year vision. And oh, please, you know, if if there are any dis- discussions that need to be had about that alignment, I'm happy to have those privately, you know. 
That's how you have the exact same thing I just said, but you say it in riot speak. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Sorry, Mark, Emily, if either one of you guys want to hop in here. Crickets. Kangri uh, says, Travis bootlicking I mean, skills. I literally just talked about how all the issues that I... You cannot win with these people. Okay. Uh, thank you so much, Sakovitz, for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we wrap the show? Um, well, first of all, thank you for... You're the first person like on planet Earth who's, ever, who's read my name correctly. Um, I try. Also, that, that's nice. Um, shout out to Grubhub. Shout out to Alienware. Shout out to a Emily. Do you have a stuffed animal nearby? Because I know they don't like. I'm gonna compliment the stuffed animal because they don't want any more. You know, oh, yeah, she does not want any takes. compliments. I understand. I You're do. something nearby. Oh, sorry. Well, I okay. Have this your lovely fake urn that we used for the, <laughs> the Chemtech Drake funeral. That urn <laughs> is being held by. One of the greatest analysts to, to ever grace the LCS. And oh. go crispy M&Ms. Um, what else? What else? Nope, that's it. Goodbye. Thanks so much for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Oh, he already left. All right. That's the show, everybody. Uh, Mark and Emily, what do you want to shout out? Mark, let's start with you. Uh, tomorrow morning at... 6 45 7 a.m i'm gonna be trying to pull my waifu yai miko on my twitch.tv slash the mark z woohoo go watch me then uh i'll chime in here to say immediately after this stream or after the show i will be trying to pull my waifu yamiko yeah yeah miko now i've we've said it a couple different ways it's just be yay it's yay. not i thought apparently. it was yay but it's yai apparently it's yai yai okay yeah uh so please do that. Uh, Emily, how about you? Uh, I was just going to shout out the fact that I write 10 thoughts every week. And it comes out on Thursdays. And I've also been doing more feature writing lately on the LOE Sports website. And, and I'll be guesting on Jat's podcast, JLXP. So look forward to that. Wow. You're doing a bunch of stuff this week. Mm-hmm. As always. Uh, cool. I'm trying to think if there's anything extra. Mark and I are going to be doing Resin Refresh tomorrow at 3.30 p.m. Right, Mark? I'll watch that in between meetings. Right, Mark? This is the time that you gave me. Right, Mark? <laughs> Let's lock it in. Okay. 3 you got yourself a deal. Mark is going to I'm actually about to go play Genshin Impact now after, after yes. I close this. Game. I have to sadly do the blame game. I have to go through the... the <laughs> uh, anyway. which, is, which will also be out tomorrow, by the way. Oh, nice. Where I, I defend the lizard wizard from the crocodilian. The church. Uh, yeah. Yes, you heretic. They're going to burn you. Anyway, that's Hotline Lake. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Wait, there was something I think I was supposed to mention. I can't remember. Oops. Bye.